Off of those Sid and Marty Croft shows, you know, like uh, the Bugaloos and Sigmund the Sea Monster and whatever the uh, Land of the Lost. Great Space Coaster was sort of your, and it looked strangely Canadian. Now that I think about it, I realize I don't really know if it was an American program or not. It did have. Did you ever watch something and you can't quite put your finger on what's weird about it? You're watching it, and you're kind of squinting, like when you're listening to Kathleen Turner's accent, and you're squinting and you're kind of your brain doesn't quite process it. It's sort of like when you see uh, when you're watching a sci-fi or fantasy film. And there's something, there's like a, a CGI effect, and you can't figure out why it doesn't look real. It just doesn't. You, like, your brain can't, like when you, the first time you saw Attack of the Clones or something, and you can't really figure out why the CGI looks fake. You don't really know what it is that's making it look so corny. But it just does. It just rings. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but it just rings hollow to your eye. You just, you look at it, and you can tell there's something not quite right. But you can't really quantify it. That's how the Great Space Coaster is. And there's a lot of television programs like that. And you watch it, and it's all just sort of weird. It, it, there's nothing you can really put your finger on, but it's just sort of cockeyed somehow. And then at the end, you discover it's made by Canadians. And then it, it explains everything. It, it, stuff that's made by Canadians is not quite as, first of all, because they don't really have the accent, unless you count saying like a boot and whatnot. And it, it, as a kid, you don't really pick up on that. Like, if, the, if you were a kid in the 80s and you watched You Can't Do That on television, and there was sort of this weird, strange, not-quite-right vibe about it. See also Turkey Television. And I couldn't really... And then, of course, you grow up later and you realize that they're godless Canadians. And it explains that it all becomes so clear. All right, there's the uh, Great Space Coaster. That's, uh, that's for our good friend Chris. Also, because I had nothing else prepared. Uh, but mainly for Chris. I could have played this. Uh, I have not only the uh, the Great Space Coaster... I'm doing that Ainsley Hayes thing that I'm reversing all my syntax. I have not only the beginning of the Great Space Coaster, I actually have the end of the Great Space Coaster. I'm, I might play that actually into the break. It's got a great little Northwest moment in it, the closing credit theme to the Great Space Coaster. The Great Space Coaster was about these three, uh, I guess they were teenagers, but they were probably played by 40-somethings, as, as was the case then. And it was these three kids who I think were, I don't want to say they were abducted, they were somehow picked up from Earth, and they ended up on some weird planet that looked like uh, that looked like Central Park, and then there was a huge clown with a big round head who kind of looked like the jack-in-the-box guy, and then they, at some point they hung out with an elephant who had to carry around his own trunk, like with a stick or something, it was all, I think about it now and I realize I don't really know what the hell the Great Space Coaster was about. I know that I watched it every morning, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really give you a whole lot of details about it, other than it kind of unnerved me in a weird way. 
right, that's the extent of our great space coaster talk for the moment, anyway. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. That is the phone number here at the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11. And this, the month of October, in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by, making it part of your listening day. It is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for uh, being there. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And I like to think that my spirits are being kept relatively high, considering the fact that it's dark in here. Uh, we only have one, two, three, four. We have four small lights in here. Uh, for, the, for the entire studio. And they're directional lights. In other words, they're not mounted in the ceiling and they don't flood the entire room with light. We have these four directional sort of light cylinders in here. And that is the extent of the light. That is all the light we have in here. And one of them is burned out. And the studio, even when we have the lights turned up as high as they will go, the studio is relatively dim, which is fine with me. But it does mean that if you lose any of the lights, we are just plunged into a chasm of blackness. And, of course, it's the light directly above me that's gone out. I'm just talking to you from from really inside. Just a, just a, just a, a real big blackness here. So, anyway. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? It is uh, Monday. If you'd like to uh, join us uh, with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your what have you. It's 503-733-2970. Scotty J standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your comments about the interesting, the tedious, the groundbreaking, the mundane, the whatever. 503 uh, 2970. You want to email? You can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or Scotty J at 970.am. Uh, and again, the uh, phone number today is 503-733-2970. Before we get to anything else, here's what's coming up today. Oh, and it says on the prep sheet... So we've got the CNN Radio correspondent, James Roop, who will join us from Los Angeles. They have him talking. I can't even read it now. It's too dark. I, they have him talking about Fire Prevention Month, about which I don't really care, because I guess Southern California is being ravaged by wildfires, which is sort of the same thing we talk about with him every every year about this time. Um, but we're going to talk to him because I think they announced uh, a court date for O.J. Simpson. And I think, but it's not until next year, so that's the good news, bad news. The good news is that we will once again have an O.J. trial to watch in this country. It's been too long. It's sort of like when they had that, uh, sort of like when they had that Brady's reunion in 1987. Uh, but I don't think it's happening until, what, like, July of 2008 or something. So we'll talk about that. Uh, lots of Britney stuff to talk about. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will join us to talk about our erstwhile colleague, Don Imus, who may or may not be returning to the airwaves. And then right here, and we'll be talking to her at 1135, it's... I don't really know if I'm going to be able to get my mouth to say Lisa De- Desjardins. I don't really think I'm going to be able to do it. Oh, did the name change? Is it is. On, it's it's right here. It says here on the prep sheet. Uh, I'm going to scan one of these in someday and put it on the website so people can see what I'm talking about when I say the prep sheet. But it says, you know, as I've described this before, the name of the anchor, the, the, what city they are based in today, because sometimes they're on the road. Uh, when they get on the clock, when they get off the clock, and then what they are talking about. And here, it, where it always said Lisa Goddard, it is now Lisa D-E-S-J-A-R-D-I-N-S. And then there's an asterisk, and it says Lisa Goddard is now Lisa, and then they have to provide the phonetic pronunciation, George Bush style. Lisa Desjardins. And then somebody in a little bit of editorial comment said, same great reporting, new married name. So I don't really know that I'm going to be able to do that. And now, from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. Oh, it makes me cringe. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a jerk. I don't mean to sound like a bad guy. It's, I just... 
I don't suppose it'll come as a shock to anybody, at least of all Lisa herself. But I just, I, I, I just cannot get behind that. I just can't. We're going to have to come up with some other name for her, which I think she did actually give us permission to do. Or I'm just going to have to keep calling her Lisa Goddard, and, you know, she's just going to have to be okay with that. What's she going to do, quit calling? So I think I may just continue to call her Lisa Goddard and see if she uh, causes some I sort of a ruckus I think you can try to do the Desjardins thing. It's like I'm talking about some kind of exotic spice that one might use on one's salad. Well, whatever. All right, so that's coming up today. We'll talk to Lisa, Jim, and uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, today we'll have, uh, let's see, the top five coming up today. Now, of course, you know, tomorrow is Sarah Dillon's birthday, right? Tomorrow? It is. Big 2-7. Yeah, that's true. So uh, the 27th birthday of Sarah X. Dillon is tomorrow. So tomorrow we will count down the uh, top five songs for the day of your birth, uh, which will be what, October, which is the 12th? The 9th. 9th. What uh, is that? 1980. October. <laughs> Listen to the small, the defeated sigh. I don't want to. Do, I hate it. We do my birthday every year, and then it's always Queen. Another one bites the dust. That was number one. Is that? I don't remember. Oh yeah. I just flush it out as soon as we're done with it. October ninth, nineteen eighty. So we'll do those tomorrow because that is sort of a tradition on the Rick Emerson show. Today though, because we're getting you ready, we're putting you in the birthday mood, Sarah. Uh, we'll do the much more uncomfortable of the two lists. No. Which we do every year as well. I know what it is. These will be the top five songs that Sarah's parents uh, may indeed have been listening to while they conceived her. Wasn't that the end of the Carter administration? That was before Reagan came into life. Uh, it would have been, yeah, because, well, yes, because the election was in November of 80. So so you are technically, a, yeah, you are a Jimmy Carter baby because you were actually conceived and born during the Carter administration. So, yeah, so I don't think we have any Reagan kids who work here. I think you're, I, now I don't know this to be true. Are you the youngest person who works? No, you're not, actually. Works. You're, Works. I was going to say here at the station, but you're not. No, I think Kristen's younger. Is than Kristen I am. younger than I you think are? She's 25. I have actually never inquired because there's no subtle way to do that. And I think it might you actually. Be, and I think it might be illegal. I don't. Yeah. I think I might not be allowed. I might not be allowed to do that. Uh, well, in any event, so today we'll just count down the top five songs that Sarah Dillon's parents maybe uh, might have been listening to when she was conceived. Uh, what else? Uh, Britney Watch. Now we are going to try a new Britney Watch thing today. I spent some time last night uh, editing the Nickel Arcade song down into just the hook and an intro to try to use it. As, we'll, we'll give it a, little, a, a test run today to see if that can function as our new Britney Watch song. Uh, so we will use uh, Nickel Arcade's I Hope There's Vodka in Heaven as our Britney Watch theme today. So we have Britney news coming up. Uh, we got a really bad way to die uh, that we'll talk about. And, um, well, some other things. We might get to this, this pile of uh, stories that weren't quite bad enough to be the second worst stories you've ever heard. Uh, so that's, uh, that's all on the way. Hi. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Tim. Hello. Greatest Hello. News, newsman ever. Hi. What's up? Hey, I have a bearded lady sighting. Okay. Now, this isn't going to be your place of business again, is it? Because that's awkward, and I don't wish to be part of any sort of bearded lady stalking. No, no, no. I, I don't work with her. I'm just saying, this isn't going to be... You're not going to be identifying some place where people can go and stare at her. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was my point, yes. Yeah. No. But this is, is this a place that you just happened to see her? Uh, no, uh, she hangs out no, see, no, from my work. See, so let's not, let's, I'm sorry, they're snorting early on. Let's Come not do on, that. Rick. Let's not, let's not. Here's the, uh, no, I, here's I, the, here's the, here, hold on. Uh, 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 okay, okay. That, that, yeah. No, here's the thing. It's a guy called last week, and 
first of all, we should note that the woman next to whom I stood at Safeway, with the full, the huge, like the Hetfield beard, she is apparently only one of like nine different bearded women that live in Portland. But there was that awkward moment last week when a guy called up and he said, "Yeah, as a matter of fact, here's exactly where she works," and he kind of said it, and it was sort of out before we had a chance to kind of ponder it. And so yeah. I would like to, uh, I would like to avoid any. Uh, any sort of revisitation of that thing. That's the place I work across the street from. Right. That's one. And, and she wears a muumuu. Her beard is at least six inches long. See, but that's then not the woman. That's not the woman I was next to at Safeway then, because the no, woman. No, no. The woman I stood next to at Safeway, it was a pretty neatly trimmed beard. I would say it was not a Victor French uh, style. Victor French? Is that who I'm thinking of? Was, Mr. No was Mr. French's first name on Family Affair Victor? I'm not uh, first. No, his name wasn't Victor, I don't think. Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. French is played by Sebastian Cabot on Family Affair. I've never yes, heard him yes. Who's Victor him? French then? All right. Well, we're going to end this call, but thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Let's not be stalking the bearded lady. But let's all note that stalking the bearded lady sounds like something really exotic. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I just wanted to respectfully suggest that you honor Lisa's new name. I mean, the woman has bent over backward over the years to accommodate your comic stylings. What do you mean? Are you I saying agree. my comic stylings are difficult to deal with? Are you saying I'm really not funny? Hey, you're I'm hilarious. not funny like a, a clown? I don't amuse you? She, 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 you're hilarious, but she's got uh -huh. a news mentality, and yet she's adapted to your style. And my thing is just this, really briefly. Uh -huh. she, Legally had her name changed. I mean, I used to have a roommate who was a real jerk, but he want, he was a magician, so he wanted to be called Adam the Great. And I called him Adam the Great every day. I mean, just you, you can call people what they want to be called, and it doesn't make you less of a person. Okay, I don't really know when this became about the, the inner workings of my psyche. Uh, well, it's not it's not so much look it's not that it's going to make me less of a person to use Desjardins. It just it's just It doesn't seem kind of like she had a very important thing happen in her life this weekend and you're complaining about talk, calling her a different name. I'm just saying linguistically speaking, I don't know that it necessarily has the sort of it does not have in my opinion the sort of etymological weight that Lisa Goddard does. Lisa Goddard just has a, a newsier feel to it. Desjardins just does it, it doesn't feel like it has that sort of CNN gravitas. May, may I may I suggest that you've made that your your feelings on this very clear to her, and she would probably consider it like quite a gesture if you were just say Desjardins and she would just say oh thanks you just say hey cool name whatever move on. Can I just tell you this? You uh, you sound so much uh, like the last shrink. No, not the last shrink I had. A shrink like three shrinks ago. You sound so much like this shrink I had a couple years ago. You're very you're very you're, you know what you are. You're kind of slapping me around, but with the velvet glove on. Well, I already bitched out uh, 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 Scotty J pretending it was you, so I've calmed down. But, hey, you've got a great show, man. Yeah, Tim Riley rules. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. I can already sense a theme with today's program. Uh, this is uh, Kick Rick and the, the Virtual Junk Day. I can just feel it coming. Hi, you're on you the Rick Emerson Show. You put it out there to be kicked. I didn't. What did I do? I you've, been, said, you've been complaining. Your, the door was sticking. You're complaining about the light. You're complaining about... Our friend Lisa got married this weekend. And instead of, instead of that, you did a five-minute tangent on how you don't like it the way her name is pronounced. I, it's not that. I'm simply saying... Linguist. I'm a man who likes wordplay. I enjoy the sounds of certain words. Simply saying, I think Goddard had a little more punch to it. That's all. It's just a professional observation. She's clearly entitled to do whatever she wants with her name. She's making an observation as a broadcaster. And I'm not really complaining about the light. I'm just pointing out that I'm doing the show up in the middle of a pitch black chasm of darkness. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Yeah, hi, Rick. Hey. Um, you were asking who Victor French was? Yes. 
Yes, he's uh, Mr. Edwards from Little House on the Prairie. Oh, and, yeah, and he, was, yeah. and he was Landon's sidekick on Highway to Heaven. Right, right. He was Landon's buddy. Damn! Uh, damn. All right. Okay. Yeah, right. that's it. Thank Thanks. you. Okay, so... Sebastian Cabot was Mr. French, who had no first name. Victor French was Michael Landon's sidekick on both Little House uh, and Highway to Heaven. A truly terrible program, by the way. All right. I remember when Highway to Heaven got really desperate for ratings in about the fourth season, and they actually had an appearance by Satan. And that sounds like I'm joking. It sounds like it's a kooky thing that I'm saying and is making up. Not true. There was actually an episode of Highway to Heaven in around the fourth season when there was some character, I forget who, and it's the old stock thing from the 80s, I believe had inadvertently sold his soul to the devil. And so Michael Landon is, of course, who you would call in that emergency. Michael Landon and his big, weird, jesus he head of hair showed up, and then there was some sort of thing where they had to scam the devil out of the guy's soul. And, and, the, and the great thing is it was the truly Christian depiction of the devil. Big, black, flowing cape, forked tail, huge, like, foam rubber horns stuck on his shaved head. It really was fantastic. All right, we're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. How are you? I'm doing well. I think I'm doing better than you. I'm in a fine mood. I Really, honestly, I should say that. I, really, all joking aside, I'm, I'm fine. It's funny, because Matt, our engineer, is always here, except for when things Except for like when the light goes out. And I really want to do say, I'm not trying to be jerky about, about Lisa's thing. But as you know, we had, a long, we had a long few weeks of discussions about that name and how we felt that maybe Goddard had more weight, more punch. Obviously, I respect Lisa. You know that. I'm just saying... I feel bad that our horse kind of lost out there. I I feel like we could have done better. That's okay. But I'm you know I'm moving on. I'm an, I'm a, I'm an adult. I'm going to okay. embrace it. I'm going to quit talking about me now. How are you? Enough about uh, me, Sarah. You talk about me. I'm good. I'm still tired from all the weekend festivities. I was going to say you seem just the slightest bit groggy this morning. I am. A, I yeah. And I didn't ride my bike, and I feel a little bad about oh, that. That's fine. I did again, and I know I say this every day, but I did have an excuse um, because you know what I brought in today was that huge ass steel iron jack o' lantern thing. I uh, saw that upstairs. I thought maybe lobby. someone brought another one. No, no, no. I brought it in. Uh, I brought it in today, and there's just no way. You cannot strap that on your on, on your back because it weighs like a yeah. hundred pounds. So uh, Dave Zinn put that up in the uh, lobby. So we've got that today, which is great. Oh. And as time goes on, I believe it's getting rust. So Dave, you want to be careful with that? I do believe it's becoming rust covered. I thought you stuck it on your roof. Uh, well, I take it home on Halloween and I put it on my garage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's you know we got a few weeks, so I'm going to leave it here in the lobby because I can't do anything with it inside. I mean, if I, you know, they'll uh, they'll steal it, little bastards. <laughs> steal it and sell it for me. You could get a lot of meth for that thing. So I'm sorry, but we had uh, your birthday party this weekend, one of two, which was great. It was very fun. And, um, yeah, and then I spent all day yesterday recovering and uh, watching movies. I watched this movie called Jesus Camp. Have you seen that? Uh, with, uh, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of, but I'm a cheerleader. Jesus Camp is the documentary. Yes. Yes, Scott Daly reviewed it. Children. And it has, what's his name? It has um, Ted Haggard in it, the guy who got busted for yep. math and the gay, uh, the, gay, the gay hooker. Yeah, and it was talking about how he meets with uh, President Bush and, like, all I think the I know what you did last night. That guy, he's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he's a creepy bastard. It's very weird and disturbing. And the more, the most disturbing part about it was the fact that I think I went to one of those camps. Because <laughs> my parents were really cheap, and they wanted yeah. to send my sister and I to um, summer camp. and they had But not um, a real one. Not a real one. But her best friend was Baptist, and so she'd send me and Heather, you know, two Catholic girls, to Baptist camp. And that would happen every night, like the saving and the crying. And yeah, we all need you to handle a snake. Nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you should you should see it. It was very interesting. I uh, keep meaning to watch it, but I, could, I it's one of those movies that I suspect is just going to make me angry and depressed. Like when I saw Hell House. Have you seen Hell House? Yes. Boy, you sit there and you just like, I mean, you you restart to realize it. Yeah, you want to punch some of these parents really, in the face. Really, the South ought to just be allowed to secede again. You know what I mean? Just kick them off to sea in an ice floe. That really is it. So. 
Uh, Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. And something on that almost same general topic, Senator Larry Craig is honored by being inducted into the Idaho Hall of Fame. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. All that neo-Nazi group here over the weekend, it yeah. turned out they were at Sherwood Elks Hall, but they booked under a different name and claimed they were putting on a rock band reunion. They were politely given the boot. Oh, really? So they didn't um, they didn't get to play? They started playing for a while until people realized what was going on. So uh, I guess some of the regular townspeople came. And but you can't. You don't want to screw with the Elks Lodge. That's yeah. a bunch of old guys who are drunk with nothing better to do than to beat Hello up young people. hooligans. Yeah, seriously. Waiting to, just waiting to relive the siege of Quezon. You know what I mean? So, all right. Then I have a, let's see here. What else do we have here? Oh, we have watches today. We do. We have tons of watches, including a stack of Britney stories. They're all brand new. Excellent. Uh, cellular phone-using kids have a higher risk of getting brain cancer. Apparently adults don't for some reason. We'll hear from the guy who uh, had his uh, trousers set on fire by his iPod. And also, I had some other stuff in here. Oh, another uh, roller coaster mishap. Really? And, uh, Six Flags. Excellent. Yeah, fantastic. So we got that. Much we have more. a Geek Watch today, a Darwin Watch today, and a Britney Watch with our new uh, our new theme. By the way, people that ask her where they can hear that Nickel Arcade song, we'll play part of it later. Uh, and then uh, we're going to use it for our Britney Watch theme today. Uh, okay, well, we got some other things to do here in a second. Let's see. What are these? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Dave. While we're uh, virtually kicking you in the proverbial crotch today, uh-huh. I'm just having visions of the movie The Wedding Singer with you standing in front of a mirror saying, Lisa Desjardins, Lisa Desjardins. (laughs) And I'm going, no, Lisa Emerson. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, go ahead and double over on that one. Bye now. (laughs) Yeah, bye. Now we're done. Just wanted to make him hang up. I wasn't even going to do the work for him there. All right, so that's all coming up. Uh, we do have a bunch of Britney stuff, and I'm not, I, I, I won't make this part of the Britney watch because it doesn't really work because it's a visual thing. But did we all see the video of Britney trying to order fast food this weekend? No, oh, what was that? Oh, 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 it's fantastic. Now, there's some stills of it. It is Britney at a, um, it, she's at a taco place. Now, I've got the, um, let's see here. I've got a little bit of the story from the Daily Mail, but it doesn't really... The Daily Mail doesn't mention the best part of the story. And again, I'm not going to dwell on this because it is a thing you have to watch the video for. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. Where Britney's the video be found? I'm going to go look for it. Um, I think it was at TMZ. Britney Spears' family have intervened in a desperate effort to end her self-destructive downward spiral. That's not going to work. But then, first of all, did you see these horrible photographs of her eating the taco? I'm sorry, I know that sounds crude. Oh, gross. Look at that bottom, that bottom right photograph. That's how you want to be. That's how you want to be snapped. Okay, but so she's at a drive-thru. It was like at a Del Taco or someplace. I think she was in L.A. So she's going through this, like a Del Taco drive-thru. Here's the, and it's her and that sister of hers, Jamie Lynn. And how sad that I know the names of all the people in Britney Spears' family. Here is the best moment in that video, and I encourage you to go to TMZ.com and watch it if you get a chance. Britney goes through the drive-thru, and I don't know whether she is, A, staggeringly out of touch, B, drunk, C, high, D, some combination of all of the above, or E, something else I haven't considered. It takes her like 15 minutes to order the food because she won't roll the window down, and she keeps trying to shout at them through the window. Uh. And I don't think she realizes the window is is up. So she pulls up, and they go, Welcome to the wine station. Can we take her out of place? And she, she doesn't roll the window down. And she's in the driver's seat, and she's going, I need... I need a large taco and three. Hello, we can't. Can you please? Can you roll your window down? Yeah, I need. I need a shake, and I need a. Ma'am, we can't. You have to roll the window down. We, we can't hear you. Okay, what I need is, and she and it, it it goes back and forth, 
and she doesn't comprehend that they can't hear her with the window rolled up. And so finally, a member of the paparazzi actually takes pity on her and comes up and relays her order and then gives her the food. So there you go. So that's your mm. that's, a, that's a great Britney moment from this weekend. So uh, we do have the Britney watch uh, coming up. Let's see. Uh, I just want to say a couple things about um, about this weekend. Uh, so yeah, so we had Sarah one of Sarah's two birthday parties, uh, which was what was that? What was the name of that bar? Uh, North. North, and it's right by that place. There used to be that juggling shop on Division. Yeah, it's. I think it's in, in the exact spot that the juggling shop was. In. A place which was unfortunately named Juggalo. And so uh, that place is no more. Now it's a place for Sarah's friends to go drink. And for Aaron to sit there and hold court on the sidewalk telling really revolting stories about his childhood. The highlight of the evening for me, Southeast style, was when a bunch of guys from Sarah's party just staggered out of the bar, out into the street, and like just began hurling bar glasses into the street because they like to watch the glass explode all kidding? over the road. Yeah. I must have missed that. And then part. waiting for cars to drive by and then realize about three and a half blocks later they yep. had no air left in their tires. I'll forever love that bar. Because, yeah. like, you know, you're supposed to take drinks away. Well, maybe we shouldn't be naming them by name. But, like, you're supposed to be doing this. They don't really stop anybody from like, drinking outside. Stumbling around the streets with big, um, like, cups of vodka at 1 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a cool place. So there was that, and now, because uh, we all care deeply about Tim Riley, I would like to give him another opportunity to smirk at me. I did spend hours and hours and hours of my life that I will never get back yesterday upgrading my goddamn stupid home computer. And I was thinking about you over the weekend. As your Mac would function flawless yeah. Every time you did something without error, every time your uh, your Apple computer did something smoothly without incident. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I drove all the way out to Fry's yesterday, and don't get me wrong, I love I going love to Fry's. No, I love Fry's. Fry's is a great place. Time always goes by fast there. Fry's is the male equivalent of whatever, Ikea, something. There's some chick store that Fry's is the equivalent of. I don't know what it would be, like a pottery barn or something. There's some... And I, don't bother to call about it because I'll have forgotten about this whole section of the conversation by the time you get on the air. But, but Fry's is the male equivalent of some some girl store. So I go to Fry's and but but I drive there and you know in our in our truck and so you can just see the gas gauge going down because that truck takes so much freaking gas to operate. I get all the way to Fry's. I you know. I have because I'm upgrading my operating system because I got all this crap that doesn't work slowly, you know, because I'm running Windows 2000, and so I realize I got to buckle down and give Gates a few hundred bucks and upgrade. So I go to Fry's, and then of course I'm not going to get Windows Vista because everybody told me it sucked. So I'm looking at the operating systems, and I say, well, there's there's you know XP Pro, XP Home. Okay, I'll get XP Home because I'm not a business. And then there's two versions of each XP version. I pick up XP Home, and it says, now do you just want the upgrade version, or do you want the clean you know whole install from scratch? version and then it says on the side upgrade version for those who are running a licensed copy of Windows 2000 now I have a friend of mine these many years who was not named Nick whose name was Nick Nick I'm her scene Nick Nick was running uh, for the past several years a pirated version of Windows 2000 and he I he was so he was so desperately afraid that he would put Windows XP uh, upgrade version in and it would alert Bill Gates and stormtroopers would come and burn down my uh, his home and it would destroy his computer so what did I do I bought the complete upgrade you know the install install from scratch package that was like a hundred dollars more so I laid down an extra C note I, I get 
check it out. I get in my truck. I drive all the way home. I unwrap it. I open the package. I get out the product key. I get out the CD. I open my computer. I'm ready to upgrade. I'm ready to step into the you know the year 2001 at least. I put the disc in. I close it. I hit install. And what does it say? First window that comes up, it says... We're sorry. You're currently running Windows 2000 Professional. You may not upgrade to Windows XP Home. You must upgrade to Windows XP Pro, which is like an additional $100, by the way. And, oh, yeah, it's another 35-minute drive to goddamn Fry's. So I pick up the phone. I call Fry's. And this is just when you get that. There is no rage like computer rage. Let me tell you, there is no urge to kill like the computer urge to kill. So I pick up the phone. I call Fry's. She answers. It's now 620. And I say... Hi, I, I realize that I bought Windows XP Home, but I need to run Windows XP Pro. Can I just bring this back, trade it across? And she's like, yeah, no problem. Bring your receipt, though. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Uh, what time do you close? 30 minutes from now. I'm like, all right. And so I run to the truck. It's raining. It's dark. You know what it was like yesterday. They're miserable. Six. They're miserable outside. I got one windshield wiper that works. You know, it, I, I got a truck that has a stopping distance of about a mile and a half. But, of course, I'm barreling down the highway at 75 miles an hour, life in my hand, trying to get to fries. I run into fries. The receipt's wet. I'm wet. I didn't have time to put on my coat. I rush in to the, you know, the, the exchange department. Must. Wrong. Operating system. Store credit. Cannot wait till tomorrow. Because you know how it is as a guy. When you have decided that you're going to do something, exchange something, upgrade something, you have to get it done today. Once you've decided that you're going to fix something or change something in your home, there's no putting it off. You've made the decision. So I hand it to the guy, and the guy looks and goes, I'm sorry, we can't take this back. And I said, what? What? I got the receipt. He goes, yeah, I'm sorry, we won't take, uh, take back any software that's, uh, that's opened. And then he just gives me that look. And I just said, but I... Ha! What at it? And he goes, well, and I see, he said, what's the problem? I said, well, I bought the wrong version. I, I got everything. He goes, and he said, well, you should have thought of that before you opened it. And I said, I didn't know it was the wrong version until I tried to install it. Finally, I summoned the manager. The manager and I yell at each other back and forth. They finally agree to their credit to what? Uh, to give me store credit for it. I run out. Uh, I grab the you know, version of XP. The store is now closing in two minutes. Barrel all the way back home. Try to start the installation. And, of course, when you do the installation, then I always forget this, that Windows takes about nine hours to install. So the final installation last night was done at about 12.30. And so once it was done, then I had to test to make sure everything still worked. So I got to bed at around 2 a.m. last night. So the moral of the story is, kids, always look really carefully to make sure that you are using the correct operating system. Don't even get, and don't even get me started on traffic downtown yesterday, because there was that Portland Marathon, which I cleverly forgot was happening. Well, I want to tell you, if you ever want to feel some real industrial strength hate, just take a, a, a turn accidentally down Fourth Avenue when the, when the marathon is going on, and you uh, you have forgotten that it's uh, that it's there. There's fifty thousand people all milling about like so many ants. Well, even on a regular day, nobody Jesus. wants to be downtown anyway. It's oh, cold everywhere. Just, just a Living hell. Just hell. All right. Uh, we should break here. Oh, we'll I got come the back. Britney pictures on my blog. Really? Yeah, the yucky ones. All right, excellent. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Later on, Steve Castamon, Jim Roop, Top 5, Tim Riley's new news hour. All that stuff. Th- it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Here's a bad way to die. It's from the register. A Texas inmate was sent to his death after a computer glitch held up his appeal filing. And the presiding judge refused to extend the deadline. There you go. That's a bad way to go. That's like that uh, 
It's like, I, I know that here's how I'm going to die someday. This is, I know this for a fact. I'm going to be in the ambulance, and then I'm going to get caught in rush hour traffic. And I'm just going to sit there. Do you ever wonder about ambulances in Manhattan and how they can possibly get anybody to the hospital? Every single time they went by. Yeah. I mean, how and like there was like there's When I was watching Sex and the City being filmed, um, there was a fire truck in front of us, and the fire truck wasn't moving. You know, it's like no. laying on its horn. No. It's deafeningly loud. I'm like, what are you... You know, where do you think you can go? There's no, no place to get around. No, it's, I mean, the, the building has just burned to its component carbon centers by the time that the fire truck gets there. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program, From the Hills, the newly coupled and consolidated Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. How are you? <laughs> Hi. That's so weird. How are you? Uh, is, it, is it freaking you out a little bit to hear that? A little bit. Yeah, this is actually the first time. It's so quiet in Washington. Nobody's really wanted to talk to me today. Oh, now see, we always, you are always wanted uh, here, Lisa. That. Okay, details all about the wedding. Tell us how the wedding went. Oh, geez. All right. Well, I won't nauseate you guys too much, but it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, the, the ceremony was great. We had this, the choir was on fire. We had this fan, the fantastic gospel choir from our church. We go to a, a black Catholic church. Uh-huh. And it was amazing. And of course, you know, a, a great portion of our guests were white and had never experienced anything like that. And sure. they were just tremendous. It was fantastic. And uh, the ceremony was great. But then at the reception, we were the first wedding in this place, and it has the one of the walls is just glass, these huge, very tall glass windows. And across the street is the hockey arena where they had the season opener. And fantastically, and never could have predicted, uh, it became this really weird voyeur experience led by Jason's 83-year-old grandmother who quickly took to the windows and started, like, I'm not just saying, like, swaying like an 83-year-old. She was dirty dancing in front of the window, and, and, and quickly every, all the, everyone took a space in front of one window the entire length of the place, which was very long. It, it was this weird go-go dancing granny wedding. What kind of a church is this? It, well, no, that was at the reception. Okay, I was just going to say. That I... was the reception. The, the go-go dancing was at the reception, but it was it was pretty awesome because all the hockey fans across the street, they're one, we're on the second floor, they're all there on the ground floor, are all looking up and kind of dancing from their sports bars over at us, and it was it was pretty cool. Well, all right, then. Yeah, see? It was a good time. And so that was when? Saturday? That was Saturday night, yeah. So, so less than 48 hours, you were back at the, you're back at the helm? Boom, that's right. That's how you roll, sister. That's how I roll. All right, excellent. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> what was your weekend? Uh, less eventful than that. I was just going to... My weekend was... Uh, not to belabor the story I just told, my weekend was largely spent upgrading my computer from Windows 2000 Professional to XP. So Can there you go. Can you hear that story again? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the oh, gripping no. story of my life. I'm going to be at home upgrading Windows. That's it. I upgraded Windows. I went to one of Sarah's two birthday parties that she's uh, that is having this week. Hey. Um, and, um, oh, and I, and, Thank you. And with some nerd friends of mine, uh, I have some friends who run a site where they do... Um, they do commentaries for sort of geek films. So the deal is you go to their site, uh, filmfeverradio.com. You go to their site, you download the commentary as an MP3, and then you can watch uh, the movie with their commentary. So it's like you hear a comment. It's it, so Because a lot of times those, those director's commentaries are just real turgid and uninteresting. But this is a commentary with like six geeks in a room. So it was for Aliens, the James Cameron film. <laughs> and it'll be up in, I don't know, a week or so, and you'll be able to download it and listen to myself and a few other geeks watching and dissecting every single frame of the James Cameron film as it plays. So, oh, great. so there you go. That was my weekend. Windows XP and an Aliens commentary. Yeah! Hey! Yeah! That's how I got married. That's, how, that's what landed me a woman. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about some actual real news thing, but here's the thing. 
Yeah. A, I'm ready. A, 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 I've 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 forgotten what it was, and B, I've lost the other part of the prep sheet because they don't list it. <laughs> they don't list it for you. They only listed it for Dick Uliano, but I'm pretty sure that you were talking about it too. Oh and, yeah, yeah. I think I know. I know of what you speak. What, actually, what was it? I don't even remember. You uh, well, I have you on my end listed as wanting to talk to me about S chip. No, that's wrong. Oh, really? You don't want to talk about the the state children's health insurance well, program? Well, here, here's the thing. Um, we can talk about that, although it'll revisit some ugliness from last week. But it, it's that I circled that because it's really the only thing they listed for you. But I sort of assumed that you would also be talking about this thing that Juliana was talking about. And you know what? For the life of me, though, I can now not remember what that was. I'll look, I'll look on my uh, right. I copy well, of that sheet and I'll look on it. Well, but while, while we have you here, let me then just ask you to, to, to yeah. uh, about this this. This uh, this healthcare thing, and again, I don't want to revisit. We had kind of a nasty fight on the air about it last week, but I will say, we, you and I did. No, 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 no. Uh, here on the program. Oh, in general. Okay. Because there was there was a member of the program. Uh, he we'll call him Scotty. <laughs> and so Scotty believes that 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 the poor just need to work harder. Uh, okay. And uh, you know, and we were saying that that was a big load and whatever. And uh, anyway, but. So this sort of seems like a thing, though, that, that at least politically speaking, there's one of the, another thing they're just going to hang the GOP with. This seems like a bad time uh, for, for this to be happening, because it just seems like one of those things the American people are going to hear about, and they're going to take it out on them at the ballot box. I think that Democrats are sure hoping that, and they are going to bring this up as much as they can. They are going to say again and again, look at how much President Bush has spent on the war in Iraq and just a fraction of that money is what we need to provide health insurance for, you know, however many million. It depends on how much money you want to put into S-CHIP, but, you know, millions of kids uh, who are uh, – and, and, and they do make the point that, that these really aren't the kids who are below the poverty level. Most of those kids are covered by Medicare. Um, but – the these are the kids who are who are just above that uh between poverty and two times uh poverty level which still i think i haven't checked my poverty level numbers in in a, in a little while but i think that places maybe maybe a $30,000 income for a family of four. we call that the uh, we call that the radio line is what we call the that. radio line right something like that so it's it's families who earn you know earn still really really a lower income and who just cannot devote a large amount of money to health care and these families obviously are not also getting it through uh, their work and they're not able to afford i guess the cost at work and in some cases there's a lot of different uh clauses here but the the point is that this is supposed to hit those the struggling working families democrats want to expand it so that it includes more and more of those families and uh, the president says it's it, it have gone too far that now they've included families who can afford health care on their own and and that this is really just unnecessary spending uh, but there's another issue here and the issue really comes into philosophy of health care that some conservatives it seems the president are worried that by expanding this children's health care program like this, making it this much larger, that that really is a step toward nationalized health care. Well, set some dangerous precedent of taking care of children. Right. Well, that cannot be allowed to. That cannot be allowed to happen. Um, and children don't vote as well. I uh, okay. Co- a couple things. A. I did find the other thing, and it was it was in the. Tra- I actually Sarah saw me go through the trash and dig out the other page of the prep sheet. This. Um, I won't say it's insanity, but this weird idea that Hillary has that she wants to give like five grand to everybody who pumps out a kid. Right. Which just seems like a weird and strange idea. I mean, that's one of those things that she floats and then will pretend never to have heard of later when somebody points out that it can't possibly be paid for. 
It's, it is. There are some questions about how she would pay for it. Yes. Uh, and saying that over the long run it would pay for itself because this money would be invested for the child and that this would be just a, a way of sort of securing, uh, you know, their retirement potentially or in perhaps college costs. Uh, so she's saying over time it would it would be it would be a net gain for the United States. Here's, it would gain money versus lose money. But here's what'll be a net gain. It'll be a net gain if we just if we just start telling people not to have any more children. If we just start hanging out at a Walmart somewhere and just trying to get people to just uh, you know just ease up a little bit on the reproduction. <laughs> I have uh, one final question for you, and that is: Is it tomorrow that the first debate with Fred Thompson happens? Yes. Excellent. Yes, that's right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I believe it's a. Four o'clock might be Eastern time. I'm not sure which time zone it is, but it's definitely at four o'clock. I'm looking that up now, and uh, it, it is a very big deal for him. I don't know if you saw Saturday Night Live. I did not. Yeah, they they <laughs> they did they did a very good spoof of Fred Thompson, where basically he said, you know, I kind of want to be president. Yeah. Yeah, well, he does that that just folks kind of a thing. You know what I mean? He's just just like an aw shucks, corn fed guy who just talks a lot of plain common sense, not like those fat cats. <laughs> and, which is just which just infuriates me because it's just so it patently it is what the British would call a transparent falsehood. Um, right. Well, it's also this idea like that they really got after him for for him this idea that he really doesn't want to work all that hard. And right. You know, he's well. I guess I guess I'll be president. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. Why not? Whatever. Uh, so, and it is it is 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern live. It'll be rebroadcast on MSNBC at 9 p.m. Eastern. So then, uh, you would guys would be looking at it at 1 p.m. and of course 6 p.m. your time. It is worth noting that uh, James Dobson, head of Focus on the Family, has now added Fred Thompson to the list of people who, if they are the candidate, he will tell his uh, he will tell his folks to stay home and not vote. Um, it was just Giuliani. Now he's saying uh, he put out a thing uh, I think on Thursday, a press release saying that if Fred Thompson is the GOP nominee, that Focus on the Family will tell its members not to vote or to vote for a third-party candidate. See, at this point, really, they just want a day off from the polls. Yeah, you know? really. That's what it is. They're tired of going out there. They want a year off, and they're just going to fit everything into that. Fantastic. You know, one of these days, I, one of my goals is to have James, is to meet him at some point so he can autograph the copy of Preparing for Adolescence that my parents gave me when I was about 12 <laughs> years old. That is not, I still have it at home, a book by Dr. James Dobson that my parents gave me so I could cope with my teenage years. I like that it's preparing, you know, it's not even really like dealing with it, so it's like no. even before it happens, like what you would do, <laughs> you put a, together a kit, yes. you know, no. like you have a bag in your room, that, I don't know. The, uh, uh, never mind. Uh, okay, well, so there we go, and and by the way, I will note that when you were describing, I guess it was the, the, uh, the reception after your wedding, and you were talking about how there was the huge glass window that just spanned the entire length. Yes. It's funny because I think anybody who grew up after 1968, when you described that, of course, the first thing anybody pictures is just Dustin Hoffman standing up there hitting the window going, Elaine! So that is that is exactly the image that came into my head. It's been a little more, I guess a little more funky lounge uh, version of that. Please to be sending us a snapshot of your grandmother dirty dancing. Oh, yeah, 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 we will, we will. She And she was still sh still shaking it this morning as we loaded her onto the minivan. <laughs> maybe that's just some kind of a palsy, Lisa. You might want to get that. Maybe that's just some sort of a tremor she's having. I, no, I promise you, she she knew what she was doing. In fact, at one point, Jason went to go dance with her. You know, oh, like grandmother, grandson. Yes. She pushed him away. She was like, this is my window. Fantastic. Back off. Oh, how did the first dance go with the Beatles song? Oh, it was great. You know, although... There was it was fantastic. We were so schmoopy and happy and delighted and, and but then then we're like, wow, this is a longer song than we thought. Yeah, yeah, it goes on for like four and a half minutes. Right, really, we thought yeah. we thought since there were only you know like ten words. No. 
that uh, that that it really would go fast. But it, it was there was where we're like, um, that's clearly one of those days when the mescaline was kicking in, and Paul and John thought the song <laughs> needed to be doubled in length. Yeah, right. Or George, George wrote "Here Comes the Sun." Is that true? Is that a Harrison true. song? True. Yes. All right. Hey, enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I gotta if, if, I gotta uh, make Don't way here. His cast of mom's gonna kill me otherwise. So, Don't um, right. enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Congratulations again on the wedding. Thanks. There you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen, from the Hill. There you go. Seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa. And she was very happy that you called her. Oh, that's fine. I wasn't going to be a jerk about it. I'm just, I, that's why I saved my jerkiness for the beginning before she actually even came on. That was my, uh, I was going to isolate, get, get, all the, get all the jerkiness out before. And it's not even really jerkiness. It's just, you know, I would have gone, as they say, a different way. But that's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, Rick, about Brittany, and we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum up here in a second, and then later on we have uh, Tim Riley, the new news ever. Did you say we have breaking news about something? Oh, yes, I do. All right, so we'll get breaking news here in a few. Uh, later on, James Roop, uh, in the top five songs Sarah Dillon's parents may have been listening to when she was conceived. There is, this email says, a Del Taco in Gresham. Are you sure that Brittany wasn't in Gresham? I don't even really know that it was a Del Taco, but I would encourage you. Did you say those pictures are on your... Uh... Yes. So go to Tim Riley's blog and check out these pictures of uh, of Britney Spears uh, stuffing her face badly, by the way. Um, really not even able to hold the uh, the taco in her mouth all the way. It's really just sort of going out of every side. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Let's see. What else do we have here? All right. I have nothing. I was going to read this thing about the Great Space Coaster, but I got I got nothing. And it looks like we got no Steve Kastamon either. So at this point, at this point, if we wait, it's going to push the whole segment over time. But, you know, as soon as we go to a break, you know he'll call. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the minute we – let's see if we can make it happen. Let's see if we can make Steve call right now by going to a break. We'll be back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We return with the AM 970 Noon News Hour right after this. Dark in here. It's okay. It's 503 They cut the power, man. How can they cut the power? They're animals. Uh, so thanks to, on behalf of Aaron, thanks to everybody who uh, showed up at the Aliens commentary on Saturday, which was completely badass. It was at Fat Boy's house. Aaron's got a great house. He's got a, he, uh, he has turned his garage into a, a movie screening room. Oh, that's... it's really wonderful. It, it, it really is great. It's one of those, one of those small things that I, there's just the tiniest little prism I can see the value of being a homeowner. You have your own garage, which, uh, which you can then use to entertain other dorks with the nine hour cut of Blade Runner. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Scotty, I'm looking at the screen here, and according to you, there, Steve Castamon is on line one and also on line six. Uh, has he cloned? Don't just type yes, that's true. Which, which Don't be an ass. Which line is he on? Steve Kastenbaum on line six says he's sorry he's late. Steve Kastenbaum on line one says he's ready with his report. Really? Perhaps one is on time, one is not. I don't know. Hi, who's this? You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, yes, this is uh, Steve Kastenbaum. No. And uh, yes. I'm sitting here now getting informed, and I don't remember what we're supposed to talk about. But perhaps you could remind me. Okay. Um, We were going to be... No, I have no witty answer to this. (laughs) Scotty has typed on the screen, though, that in his opinion, you are a loser, sir. Well, he's a tool. (laughs) 
Screw him. <laughs> He's a tool, so screw him. All right, excellent. I'd love to. Oh, I'm sorry. It looks like we're losing your call, sir. Oh, yeah, Hello? yeah. I'm completely. Oh. Damn it. I don't know. Another soul goes into the night. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, the one and only Steve Kassenbaum. Hello, sir. And I'm the real one. Yes. Not, not an imposter like that guy. This is like the, um, there's some sci-fi thing where there's two, am I thinking of the thing where there's two Kirks, the enemy within, where there's the good, there's the good Shatner and the bad Shatner? Classic episode. I guess. Maybe. I don't really know. All I know, I shouldn't even say this. Uh, what is this, October? Next month. I don't even want to say that. I shouldn't even say this because it's not confirmed. Next month. Uh, this very radio station, we may be doing a, uh, we may do a, be doing a cool Star Trek promotion. I don't want to say anything more about it. Uh, it, may, it hasn't come together. I don't know if it's been finalized. Uh, we may or may not be doing a big Star Trek promotion next month. So that's, uh, that's all I'm going to say. So I'm just going to tease it away. Are you a Star Trek enthusiast, sir? I used to watch it uh, regularly. I'm not like the t- type of guy who dresses up in a Star Trek outfit on Halloween, but I, I definitely uh, love the, the old original series. Now, yeah. are, you, are you not a fan of the next generation? No, I liked The Next Generation when it first came out. I just sort of lost interest over time. Do you realize that Star Trek The Next Generation came out 20 years ago? I do believe that, wow. was, I do believe that was like 1988 that that came out. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll make you feel old. All right, Steve Kastenbaum, let's talk about our erstwhile colleague, uh, Donald <laughs> Imus, who I've heard about four different versions of the story. One is that he's coming back to the radio. The other is he's coming back to radio and TV. One is that he's only coming back to radio and that the TV told him to go pound sand. And the other is that none of this is true. He's just trying to drum up job offers by pretending he's already got one. Uh, actually, what we're hearing, and this is coming from people who don't want their names being used, but they apparently are close to the negotiations, Don Imus has been in talks with Citadel uh, Broadcasting, the owners of the ABC radio network, uh, they own a, a little bit over 240 radio stations across the country. I've been fired from at least two of them. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's a badge of so honor. Clearly, there. I would I would just say I don't know that they're that I don't know that they're really a fine you know, judge of talent at Citadel. They decided that I was uh, my show was I believe as they put it wholly without merit. So <laughs> oh man, what are you going to do? Uh, all right. So this is but this will be in New York. Yeah, uh, on WABC, and of course it could be syndicated on other stations as well. And 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 uh, Citadel obviously realizing uh, the money making opportunity there is with Don Imus. It was only a matter of time before somebody snatched him up, realizing you know how much money could be made if you have him on your radio station. And but apparently any sort of talks with a television simulcast that's separate from talks about a radio broadcast so he can do his own thing as far as uh, a radio simulcast and and it gets very convoluted as far as you know who gets paid what for the TV simulcast but uh officially today we are told by Don Imus's attorney that we shouldn't expect any announcement this week a couple of days ago uh we were hearing that we could hear an announcement as, as early as today but just a little while ago uh, his attorney, Martin Garbus, said, uh, don't expect it this week. But you never know with these guys. Well, you know? sir, it seems like they shouldn't really be sitting around on their laurels of this. His bones are half dust by this point. I mean, I, I would be, I mean, how, how much longer can that guy possibly live? You know, you, you really don't want to, you, you want to make your money as soon as you can when this person reaches a certain age. That's, that's who you're depending on. I you mean, know? really, Paul Harvey has hogged all the stem cells in the broadcasting world. There are none <laughs> left over to extend Dimas, Don Imus' life. 
I saw Paul Harvey at the Republican convention here in New York when I was covering that a couple of years ago, and he was walking, you know, this the, the press center was like a mile away, and he had to walk through these tunnels and then bridges and whatever, and he was walking and carrying stuff, and I asked him if he needed some help with the things he had, and he looked like totally lost, and uh, he just looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's he, I mean, Paul Harvey's one of those guys that just, he, uh, I don't know. He's like sort of the Arlie Ermy of the broadcasting world. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. just, he's just been there for so long and had already been in the Hall of Fame for like 50 years when all of us were born. So, all right. Well, I... So, so, so Don Imish, yeah, apparently. I mean, but now, you know, we're hearing it could go either way because now now that they're sort of backpedaling a little bit here and saying don't, don't expect an announcement this week, it, it makes you wonder, are the talks really fragile right now? You know, are they still uh, in the early stages or are they very close and they're just trying to... To, you know, work on the fine print. Uh, if you got any time, and by the way, it sounds like you're coming down with a cold of some kind, sir. You know what happened? It was a wedding marathon weekend for me. I was in Cleveland for a wedding on Saturday. Then I got on a plane uh, late Sunday morning and came back to New York for another wedding yesterday. So is it now? Is it so? Is it is it a cold or is it just uh, is no, too, much, just too much revelry? Too much revelry, singing to the bands, you know, and and just not enough sleep. And uh, just general, you know, lack of respect for my own self. <laughs> Excellent. All right, my friend. Thank you. Well, recuperate. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Let's now, ladies and gentlemen, join your personal savior, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man is barricading himself in the house in Milwaukee. I guess this is breaking news. Uh, the deputies Sorry. have closed down. <laughs> it's no longer breaking. Sorry. It's <laughs> trying to help out. Deputies in Milwaukee have closed down roads around the house when armed man has barricaded himself inside. Southeast Brenda Road and Southeast Roots Road has been closed to traffic. They're negotiating with a man who has a gun and a razor to his throat. May I recommend a Gillette Fusion razor? I, I think that is the finest <laughs> razor on the market. Closer shaves in a little time. For that, uh, for if, when your carotid artery just gets a little too furry for your own good. Is the Gillette Fusion the one that vibrates? No, it's manual, but it's a close shave. Now, what is the one I have up in my desk drawer? I think that's, yeah, it does have a little vibrating. Maybe they sell it in two different versions. That could be. Because remember, Scotty brought one. Yeah, Scotty bought one and brought it in at one point, because I think the Fusion and the Mach 3, which are the... Gillette and Schick versions of... Wait, who makes the Fusion? Gillette. So who makes the Mach 3? I'm not sure. I don't use that one. Maybe they're both Maybe they're I both think they both are Gillette. Maybe, but there's two different versions. And then the Fusion, there's that one version where it's like... Where you can simulate epilepsy or whatever while you're shaving. So you press a button and it... And it vibrates. Which is just weird. It doesn't really work all that well. So, all right. Uh, then we have a plane full of uh, parachute is missing. Apparently, they're somewhere around White Pass, Washington. Uh, the aircraft is based in Shelton, Washington. That means nothing to us. It's a uh, Cessna. Two airplanes from Yakima and a helicopter from King County are conducting a search near Rimrock Lake, which is west of uh, Yakima. These are a whole bunch of places, with, with the exception of Yakima, that I've never heard of. Rimrock Lake? Well, yeah, but the only thing interesting about this is this plane is missing with nine parachutists aboard. They're supposed to be jumping out of a plane, not crashing into one. Maybe that eluded them. Maybe that little section of the flight plan was lost. A cyclist got hurt during the uh, marathon yesterday. He uh, collided with a max train. This happened around noon time at Grilly and Interstate, right along the uh, route of the last six miles. Runners finishing the race 
were uh, wondering what all the commotion was about. Well, the cyclist is a 40-year-old man. He was uh, reportedly crossing at a marked intersection, trying to avoid the runners. It didn't work. He was hit head-on by a train and dragged 20 feet. How do you not see that coming? A train had uh, left the Overlook station and was heading southbound. Luckily, the train's okay. Is he dead? No. Oh, so we can mock him. Yes. All right. Well, seriously, I mean, it's a train. You, the train wins. And apparently, if you get hit by a Max train, you don't get hurt that badly. Well, but see, we've had this discussion that they look, they look harmless. Yeah. That they do look like they are just sort of these soft, plasticky things. Mm -hmm. You know what they look like? The Max trains look like they are made out of the same plastic that the Stormtrooper costumes are made out of in, in Star Wars Episode Four. They just look soft and malleable, sort of like they're made out of that Halloween costume plastic. Uh, but I don't believe that's what they feel like. I'm pretty sure it feels like, hey, all my bones are snapping. So, yeah. So this person will live. Well... And that's the only thing that happened during our marathon. There you go. Well, the, uh, all I know is that I was uh, here at the station for a while yesterday, and at one point I made the mistake of trying to go downtown, and I just oh. and I completely well, and I didn't know. I mean, and downtown is a bad scene anyway because all that construction. Anytime. But I thought, I thought, well, Sunday afternoon it's going to be a little better. Not going to be as many people. No rush hour. We've been trying to get to work or anything. Just maybe shoppers to deal with. I turn onto that street, and of course it's one of those things where they don't put up any signs. There's no, and I know that. Uh, I know that I should know about the marathon, but I didn't. I forgot about I it. I mentioned it on Friday. I know, just like you mentioned the, the weather, and I never listened to that either. And I bitch and moan. It was raining. No one told me. But there were no signs warning you about the marathon. And so I turned right, got onto fourth, and then it's just you just stopped. Just stopped. Thousands and thousands of people run. And is this mar was the marathon yesterday raising money for something? No, it's just running. Just around. idiots running in the street. Go run some. Running is not a sport. Go run somewhere else. I mean, really, what I don't understand. I do not understand the point of doing something like that when the when the only thing that makes it different is that there's like somebody else next to you while you're doing it. You can run anywhere. You all live on a street. Go run on that street. Well, at least they admit that they really don't cure anything. I mean, the, the, by raising no. money for for charity, racing for the cure because the cure is always way up there somewhere. The cure has always just rounded the next bend. Maybe they'll find it next year. No, that's not going to happen either, Tim. I'd like to. I would like now for somebody to compile a list of things that have been cured by guys running in the street. Oh, that is a good. No, it's it's easy to do because the, the the list zero none none, not one goddamn thing has ever been cured by people running. Uh, anyway, the only thing that cures is my ability to get somewhere. So I end up on fourth. And then uh, it's not even slow traffic. The tra traffic just stopped. And this is already this is the day that I'm already running behind. I've still got to do the, the Windows XP thing. I didn't even know that that fresh hell was waiting for me. And so I'm thinking, okay, after this, I'm going to get off fourth as, as soon as I can, flip back around, head back to the station. And so I turn around. Long story short, they have the streets barricaded so that no matter what you do, it funnels you back to fourth. So I take about 20 minutes to get back to where I was originally. And eventually, long and short of it is you basically had to go down to um, almost to Burnside and then take a right and go back down to front or whatever. But uh, And then, then like five hours later, five hours later, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll maybe able to make my trip downtown. No, five hours later, Marathon has been over for like three hours. St streets still blocked off everywhere for no like readily apparent reason. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Those goddamn joggers really pissed me off yes, yesterday. Yes, I feel your pain, they, sir. They, you know, they. All I was trying to do was go to the store for some butter and some bacon, and it's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was out there looking for fat, and they were right in the way. Seriously, it, it, they were their smug marathon bodies. <laughs> 
Well, at the beginning, I, you know, on my way to the store, it was all the thin people running over the St. John's Bridge. By the time I finally got to the grocery store and back, it was all the fat people just sort of like walking, waddling along up the thing. It yeah. was uh, it was depressing. The laggards. Now, here's an interesting thing. On Willamette Boulevard, they cleaned up nothing. There's water cups and signs and garbage, literally all over the road. No, I think the marathon runners are sort of the deadheads of the exercise world. You know what I mean? It's all about free-spiriting and naturing and just leaving behind as much trash for other people to clean up as is humanly possible. It seems like somebody should have to clean that up, but not like me. Somebody needs to pay. Hey, I agree. I agree. Have you seen Dexter? Uh, Dexter Shifting the, gears. Dexter the television show or Dexter the cartoon? Dexter the television Dexter's show. Dexter's lab. Uh, no, it's on Showtime, which I don't get, although doesn't CBS send us a thing every month yelling at us to watch it? Yeah, for free. No one ever does. C CBS, God love CBS, uh, their checks don't bounce at the moment, and CBS sends us all of these emails once a month saying, we demand that you watch Dexter, support the company, click here, and then I don't think anybody ever has, so no, I've never seen it. Well, it's creepy and very good. I think you'd like it. Because he's a serial killer who kills other serial killers, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's misunderstood. He's, what's his name? He's David from Six Feet Under. That's all I know about that show. Yes, exactly. All That's right. it. Thank That's you. That's all I got. Bye now. All right, here's Tim Riley. You know, looking for sex outside the 24-hour veterinary clinic was probably a bad idea to begin with. Uh, Salem Police are looking for a man who did just that. Solicited two women for sex and then hit another woman who tried to intervene... This happened last night at a 24-hour veterinary clinic on Market Street in Salem. Well, first of all, let's say this. If you're a man, mm. if you're trying to hit on women to have straight sex with you, hitting on women outside a veterinary clinic is probably the single worst place you could go batting average-wise. Well, the bad part is it's located right next to the bar ah. where the two men and two women were located. It's like hitting on women outside an REI. Come on. So a worker at the clinic heard uh, three people arguing, tried to break it up, and then the man hit her. Uh... Oh. The bad guy is a Hispanic guy in his 20s. He's five foot seven. He's uh, got a stocky build. Uh, the woman who was tricked did not require hospitalization. So who knows if they're back up in the street? I wouldn't hit on. I wouldn't screw with any women at a veterinary clinic, man. They give you stitches. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, getting back to this uh, white supremacist thing, the Hammerfest, as they called it. Hammer. While protesters rallied against Hammerskin Nation, the national pro-Nazi group quietly slipped into the Sheridan Elks Club, which. Apparently, they booked until the managers realized, oh, did we make a mistake? They tried to stay under the radar, and they were planning their 20th annual reunion rally there. But those officials say uh, they were misled by the group. When they booked the hall, they did so under a different name. They claimed it was a rock and roll reunion. Members of the Elks Club were listening to the musical entertainment and apparently had no idea they were sitting along members of Hammerskin Nation. You think that the swastikas and so forth would give that yeah. away. So finally they realized who they were, and they asked them to leave. They said the group never admitted their identity, uh, but they apologized and left. Police arrived at the scene. No incidents uh, reporting about uh, 100 people showed up for this. All right. Uh, let's see. We already did that. Oh, the Coast Guard is uh, had to go and rescue a boat that lost its steering in the middle of the ocean. It is a disabled 47-foot uh, sailing vessel, and there's a big storm coming. So luckily they went out at 4 o'clock in the morning and found it. And... Uh, doesn't say how many. Nobody was injured. A 16-year-old took the top prize at the Rubik's Cube World Championship. Oh man, F solving the public this puzzle five times. Did you see the in 12.46 seconds? That's what I'm saying. That's not possible. Don't you just hate kids like that. F him. Did you see that the, he the, his best time 
for solving the Rubik's Cube was like 10.9 seconds. Uh-huh. That cannot be done. 10.88 seconds. It's, it's, it's crap. What were we talking Just about? off the world record of 9.86 seconds. But that can't be done either. That's even more impossible. What were we talking about last week? We were making. We were talking about something on Friday. Sarah and I were talking about it, we, and we noted that it was something that somebody had done, and we were just saying that it couldn't be. We were just denying that it was possible. That's what this is. That cannot be done. You cannot solve a Rubik's Cube in 10 seconds. They I mean, did. that's not... It, 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 I, okay, as they say in the Internet, video or it didn't happen. I demand that someone find me video of a kid solving a Rubik's Cube. In de- you can't even... Just simple uh, mechanics indicate... It's you, Yakajima of Japan. Well, I'm just saying, I I call a little bit of shenanigans on that. And there was always, and I mean, everybody, we all went to school with one kid like that. Everybody uh, went to school with one uh, dork on the bus that could you know, solve a Rubik's Cube in like, you know, like 19, 20 seconds, something like that. While the rest of us were content just to dissemble it at home with a uh, with a screwdriver and a hammer or whatever. But that doesn't even seem possible. That's a, that's a, it just seems to defy all... Mechanical logic. Hi, you're on. And he makes me angry, and I don't know why it should make me angry. I'm all for nerddom and dorkdom and geekdom and so forth, but that just pisses me off. You know what he? You know the, the Rubik's cube thing. That's like one of those guys that memorizes pi, the four thousand decimal place. It just angers me for reasons that I can't really explain. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Maybe it has something to do with downloading software over the weekend. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you shut up? I managed to forget that, you bastard. <laughs> Hi, hello, yes. Hey, so uh, there's actually two versions <laughs> of the uh, Gillette uh, Schick Mach 3, or sorry, Gillette uh, Mach 3. The Schick? Two, oh, the Gillette Mach 3. They're, they're both Gillette. Okay, right? yeah. There's the Mach 3 and then there's the Fusion. Both have uh, vibrating versions and non-vibrating versions. The only difference between the two is that on the uh, Fusion, they added a couple extra blades. So how many blades are on the Fusion? Uh, I think there's like five. If you count the one on the back edge, that you're supposed to be used for detail work, but sucks anyway. It doesn't really work. At what point? I mean, how much hair could you have? How many sections of your face can you possibly shave at once? The five blade thing is just stupid. Well, you know, we are in the Northwest. I think they're uh, counting on Bigfoot or something. They, for the more hirsute among us. Yeah. Yeah, um, also, I, I did want to point out. You, you were talking about a, a Star Trek episode. There was like a good William Shatner and a bad one. The enemy I within. Ask, I ask you. Which episode has a good William Shatner in it? Well, depends on what. Are we talking good Kirk or good Shatner? Shatner. Oh, no. There's, no, there's no good Shatner. There's just degrees <laughs> of bad. Yeah. No. No, there's All right. A, no. All right. Thank you. There you go. Uh, maybe I am angered a little bit about it because, you know, and I do love fries. I really do. Um, fries is a fantastic store. So this is not a. And they were, they, they were good after a little bit, after an initial headbutting. With the guy who's sort of, you know, the guy who is standing at the customer service counter. The manager was actually very gracious. But the thing about going to fries is you have to know what you want in the first place because trying to find somebody who can help you, oh, no. who just doesn't say something to get rid of you quick because a million people are standing in line. No, they have be crazy. Fries has, and again, I say this, I love fries, but they have legendarily bad customer service. Douglas yeah. Copeland has actually noted that in a couple it's of his books. It's worse than Home Depot. No, fries customer service is among the worst in the world. Um, but, th- so. The thing about it is, it's not fries so much as it is Microsoft. So because I am, oh yeah, they seem to be the root of all evil, don't they? Yes, yes, they do. So I'm sitting there and I open Windows XP and I'm thinking, okay, finally I'm going to up, upgrade my crusty ass operating system. I'll be able to run some of this except because, like, I've had that MP3 player for about four months and, and I love my MP3 player, but the functionality 
uh, at home is, has been a little limited because it's not really supposed to run with Windows 2000. It's supposed to run with XP or above. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll, and then, you know, like that Amazon Music Store, which is great, by the way. I used that last night to oh. buy something. The Amazon Music Store is really great, but again, it requires XP. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to install XP, and then I'm able to step into this brave new world. See all these Internet things that I've been missing out on. So I go to install XP, and it just is that that like creeping sensation that Bill Gates is slowly taking over everything in your home. Because... I install XP, and then they say, well, do you want to, like, register this online with Microsoft? I'm like, well, well no, because I don't want Bill Gates tracking a whole bunch of crap about who I am and where I live, and thank you, no. So I decline. I go to, I go to plug in my MP3 player. The MP3 player, of course, won't run unless you have Windows Media Player 10 installed. And so I'm like, well, what? Fine, God damn it! So I go and you know I, I go to download Windows Media Player. Everybody who has an Apple is laughing at me. I know, but I go to download Windows uh, Media Player 10. Fine, I go to Windows Win, uh, download Windows Media Player 10, which I then can't install until I activate Windows XP. So it's like this endless circle of hell, where I just I basically have to just give Bill Gates everything in my pockets and all of my car keys before he will let me do anything with anything. So anyway, I just. Still maybe burning off a little uh, burning off a little geek rage about yesterday. Here's Tim Riley. So now that that's completed, what else do you have to run up and buy to make it work properly? Nothing. It's fine for today. For today. For this one. I will say I had a pretty a pretty great experience. This is not a plug. I had a pretty great experience with that Amazon Music Store. Um, if you do not have an iPod, um, if you are like me where you have something that's not an iPod, because if you, if you don't have an iPod, the iTunes Music Store, you you can still use it, but it's like ten extra steps to get crap onto your onto your MP3 player. Like Sarah has a creative, not the same one I have, but you have the creative, and um, like you could buy stuff from iTunes, but it's like two extra steps to make it usable on your MP3 player, and it's kind of a pain to be honest. Um, the Amazon Music Store is great. Uh, first of all, it's cheaper. Songs are eighty nine cents. Uh, you download a song, and you know what? It's not in some weird proprietary uh, format. It's not some weird uh, encrypted iPod thing. It's, an, it's a non-DRM, non-copy protected MP3 file. Very high quality. Pretty good selection right now. So I bought a Roger Klein album last night. I just clicked it. Bam! On my computer. Can put it anywhere. Play it anywhere. Burn it. Doesn't have to, uh, you know. Anyway, so I, I, I'm just saying, for those of you who went maybe an alternative and are adjunct, uh, to iTunes, I would recommend the uh, the Amazon Music Store. We're pretty well. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I'll try it today. <laughs> you want? I can tell when I'm being patronized. <laughs> I'm satisfied with what I have, actually. Uh -huh. Yeah, fine. Who wants to hear about a uh, roller coaster accident? I do. Right. On the great on the great death coaster. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This happened at Six Flags uh, during the Freight Fest. It was an actual Freight Fest, and this was really yes, in Excellent. Largo, Maryland. You'll love our realistic beheaded man. First, they were uh, stuck in the air for almost two hours. Oh. Then the roller coaster rolled back to the platform and slammed to a stop. Oh. When it was over, about a dozen people complained of neck and back pain. <laughs> they all agreed that the annual Freight Fest at Six Flags was terrifying. <laughs> yes, I imagine it was. It wasn't supposed to be in that regard. Oh, my God, I thought I was going to die, said one. Uh, Shadell Hayward and her boyfriend were stuck on the ride along with 24 other passengers. The coaster does have uh, shoulder harnesses and seats, but no floors. Uh, rescue workers arrived at the scene. Park officials said it was safer for workers to manually roll the coaster back to the platform. When they tried, the train came to an abrupt stop, jolting the coaster car with everyone in it. It was like being involved in a car crash, said one. 
after the ride was automatically stopped by fail-safe devices, the attempt to lower the coaster back went awry, and a dozen people ended up being sprayed with hydraulic fluid. When the ride was coming down, everybody was clapping, but then it started climbing down really fast. clapping now? And uh-huh. when it got to where they load the people on and off, it came yeah. to a complete spot, just slammed, and hydraulic fluid broke, and it splashed. I watched it splash into two guys' face. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Where was this at? This is uh, Largo, Maryland. This is Six Flags. Uh, well, Not the same one where the girls' uh, legs get chopped off. I was, was going to say, we had to have little pins on a map about Six Flags to avoid. Mm. Oh, man. Eyewitness uh, Selena Silver says she heard the commotion and the violence stop ensued. We were playing another game and all of a sudden heard a crash. And I thought that, you know, something terrible had happened. But what happened, I guess, was that... It started working and it dropped him straight down without any brakes. That's not really working. That's I think that's a different definition of working than most of us typically use. It kind of looked like they were sprayed with hydraulic fluid. Just slammed and hydraulic fluid broke and it splashed. I watched it splash into two guys' face, and the one guy he was able to jump off and rip his shirt off and he was wiping his face, but the guy that was sitting next to him was screaming, holding his face. This is the worst and best ride ever. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the uh, I wonder if hydraulic fluid hurts. Is that sort of a it's burning? It's going to make you cry, I would imagine. I guess. I mean, is that like a... Uh, I remember... The, the, here's a funny story. Uh, I remember when I was, um, God, maybe 12 years old, something like that. My dad was still at home, and I was... Uh, he was fixing brake fluid or something. He was fixing the brakes on the car, because my dad was kind of a handy guy. And so he was on his back underneath the car fixing the brakes. And so he wanted because he was fixing a leak in the brake line. So he's underneath the car, whatever, monkey with the brake line. And he says, "Get in the car, you know, but don't don't press anything. Just sort of sit there." And he said, "I'll tell you when to press the gas or when to press the brake pedal." I said, "Okay." So I'm sitting in the car. He's on his back underneath on the little that little dolly thing, um, and he says, "What I think is." Press the brake pedal. Now, what he really said, it was like a Neil Armstrong dropped syllable. What he really said was, don't press the brake pedal. But I didn't hear the don't. I'm like, press the brake pedal. All right. Wham. And I pressed it. And I just hear this like, what? You know, underneath it. And I guess it was like brake fluid right in the face. And I think he was smoking at the time, too, because he was real bright. And I'm, I think brake fluid might be flammable. I'm not entirely sure about that. All I know is by the time I got out of the car, he was already, like, running around to the side. And I think he just leapt face first into the swimming pool. And you could only smile in your mind. <laughs> yeah, I had to pretend to care. I uh, now I think I just I I think the only thing that I just saw here like just his feet as he jumped head first over the railing into the swimming pool. So, good times. Uh, this is a guy saying, Rick, there's a free program called, you know, computer software is really great, but you ever get a great computer program that's got a terrible name? It's like that. It's like ordering the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. Um, he says it's a free program called uh, Media Monkey, which I actually am familiar with. He says that you can use to manage your MP3s. It's way better than the Zen software. That actually is what I have been using, uh, Matt. I have been using Media Monkey for about the past six months because I was running Windows 2000. It works really well for MP3s. It doesn't work so well for uh, video. It's really bad for managing video. Um, that's the only reason I really wanted to upgrade this. Let's see. Here's another, uh, here's another scornful Mac owner. Rick, I don't understand. You mean you need to update your media player? That's weird. My Apple QuickTime player pretty much plays anything, even without an update. Signed, ha, 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 ha. Well, it does update itself once a, once a week. Well, that's awfully nice of it. Yeah. That's wonderful. How great. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Yeah, hey, Rick. You remember about a year ago how uh, there was a truck that was, like, coming up on the approach to the Markham Bridge south, and it dropped a load of pipe all over the highway and shut everything down? Let's pretend I do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's happened again. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. There's a truckload of pipe that has dropped over the approach to the Markham Bridge. Well, okay. Tim, there you go. It's like deja vu. Some more. So uh, avoid the... Um... Yeah. Avoid I-5 I South uh, approach to the Markham Bridge. Oh, avoid I-5. Avoid I-5. Yeah, all right. We're all going to die. Th Excellent. Thank you, sir. Okay, bye. Thanks. All right, there you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. I'm calling about the whole brake fluid thing yeah. or hydraulic fluid. All it is is just thin oil, really. But you probably still don't want it sprayed in your eyes. Well, no, definitely not. I imagine it'd be a pain in the ass to wash out. Yeah, that's a whole lot. Of, and and is, let me ask you this. Is, is, is hydraulic fluid, is that uh, a heated uh, fluid or is it room temperature? I'm pretty sure it's room temperature, okay. but if you run it through machinery, I don't see why it wouldn't heat up a well, little. Well, let's say theoretically you're on a roller coaster and a tube breaks and sprays you with a roller coaster's hydraulic fluid. Are you supposed to be hot? Uh, it depends on how long they were stuck before they finally got them down out of there. Oh, that's a good question because it wasn't running for a while. The roller coaster was just sort of jammed, and then it all went to hell. Hmm. Interesting. All right, I'll have to look into it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll break. All righty. I don't know where to start. I have all... Oh, listen to this. Uh, some parents in Texas are outraged after their children say they witnessed a pair of 8th graders engaged in a sexual act right in the middle of class. Uh, they received the unsettling news about the incident at Crockett Middle School in a letter that went home. My mouth flew open when they told me a few minutes ago, said Luberga Munson. Uh, you don't expect to see anything like that. I thought they were saying they were going to be fighting or something. The principal sent letters home with students explaining the situation. That was reported to campus administrators. The principal reported that the students, a boy and a girl, made inappropriate sexual contact with each other while other students watched. Uh, to me, there are a host of problems, and I think it starts at home, said one of the uh, parents. The letter does not say what the teacher was at the time. Some concerned parents uh, told the local television channel that their uh, students said that the sex act happened once the teacher stepped out of the classroom. I think it's time for more supervision, said some. There is no respect for authority, no respect for themselves, said another. Uh, campus and district counselors have talked with the students who are in class and will be available in the future if students need to talk. What would students possibly need to talk? If you're an eighth, especially if you're an eighth grade boy, the only thing you need to talk about is why the girl didn't pick you. Yeah. Why, why you were passed over. That's it. Well, there's always high school. It's only middle school. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back uh, around the corner. More from Tim, <laughs> more from Tim Riley. Somebody's going to clarify the hydraulic fluid uh, injury. Uh, Brittany Watch coming up. Darwin Watch. All that you say there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I've written down a list of random phrases that I've heard out over the past week. Here's one on Friday. Tim said aloud for no readily apparent reason, I always carry a spare fork with me. Is that true? I do, yes. Okay. 
You don't want to be sick without a, a spare fork. No, it's true. Do you carry it now? Is it part of a larger selection of cutlery? Is it no, just that's a the fork? only thing. Really? Just a fork. It's not you one can of those, do anything with a fork. Not one of those Swiss Army Boy Scout things that turns into a fork and a spoon and like a thread and a needle and everything? Oh, I haven't seen one of those in years. No. I used to have one of those, actually. I used to have one of those like full-on, huge Swiss Army Boy Scout knives that, that had the fork and the spoon on it, which is the greatest thing to you. When you're a boy, you are obsessed with things that contain other devices in them that you will never actually use, but just the idea that you might have them. Uh, three examples of this. A, there was the big, and I don't think it was a Swiss Army knife so much as it was a Boy Scout knife, although I did have a, an actual Swiss Army knife, too. And the Swiss Army knife, I, it was always a point of pride for me that my Swiss Army knife had a toothpick on it. Like I, I don't know why you would ever really need that, but I had the Swiss Army knife, and part of it was... Uh, it was like some secret panel that would open, and there was like a plastic toothpick there. Uh, see also the magical 10-in-1 scope that I ordered out of the back of a, like a Captain America comic book or something when I was like nine. Thirdly, uh, this is because of Rambo First Blood Part Two, which came out in, I think, 84. Every guy uh, from the years of about 84 through 89 was obsessed with those uh, hollow-handled survival knives. They had like a compass in the butt of the knife, and then you could unscrew the, the the handle of the knife, which was hollow, and contained, you know, I don't know, it, it contained some, you know, like like stuff so you could like build like some Swiss Family Robinson thing and, I don't know, to kill the Viet Cong or whatever it is. I don't know. Or writing the max. Yes. Or, or that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Ryan. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to clarify. I just had an on-the-job accident many years ago, and I got covered in hydraulic fluid, and it hurts. Uh-huh. It's... At least what I was doing. It was around about almost 200 degrees. So it's scorching hot? Yes. Excellent. Fantastic. I mean, not so much for you. And really not so much for anybody who's been sprayed with it. Really only for us who are commenting on it. No, but it's very difficult to get out of your hair. Oh, that's a bad... How long... Is that a thing where it's repeated showerings? Uh, Yes. All right. Let me just... Let's go around the room here. Uh, Worst thing that you have ever been splattered with... It, it had sprayed on you, dumped on you that just didn't that just didn't want to shower away. Anybody? Ooh. I don't know. I've got one. I've got one, and I don't know if anybody else will have. Anybody here been sprayed with a skunk, first of all? Because that's kind of the gold. Close last week. Really? Yeah. Where you live or were you somewhere else? I was walking the dog, and, of course, it gets lighter later. Sure. So we're on our familiar route, and the dog lunges forward, and I go, don't you chase that fancy cat. Cat. (laughs) (laughs) And it ran into the night, but it was like, uh, less than ten feet. It was and awful close. Now did, the, now did the skunk run away? Yes, it did. Okay, so see, that's because sometimes the skunks will hold their ground. Sometimes they will hold their ground because in addition to the spraying, they've got big-ass claws, too. Yeah. People don't realize that. The skunks will kill you. It was awful close. Yeah. These, can I just tell you this? Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate the call. That's a uh, radiator, I'm sorry, hydraulic fluid call from Ryan. Uh, let me just say this about a skunk. Once, uh, this is years and years ago, and I lived in Washington State, I was going over to visit somebody, uh, and it was, I don't know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night, I was driving by a friend's house, and it was after dark, the neighborhood was pretty quiet, and, you know, I'm a young man full of exuberance, so I'm, I'm, I'm bounding up the steps, getting ready to, like, you know, bam, 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 knock on the door, and so I kind of, you know, run across the street, do, do, bound up the stairs, and right as I bound up the steps on the front porch, I realized that just sitting, curled up, sleeping, like the most contented ball of happiness you've ever seen was a skunk just curled up and sleeping on his doormat. I mean, just for, for for no real reason, just sort of there, just I'm just sleeping and sleeping. Of course, until I started bounding up uh, the front steps and bam, bam, and then the skunk just stood up and looked at me, and it did that terrifying scorpion-like thing 
of it. The, the skunk stood up, looked at me, and did that thing of, like, aiming the tail, mm-hmm. but didn't actually, and I just froze. And it was one of those weird matrixy moments where time slowed down, and the camera mm-hmm. swirled all around me, and I just sort of, oh, no. And I backed up, and I slowly ran to my car, and I'm like, dude, uh, yeah, I'll just come over later. There's a skunk on your front porch. Um, it's terrifying. Let me just say this. Here's a thing that I did get on my skin at one point that you don't ever you don't ever want to know about this. You don't ever want this on your skin. I used to work in a kitchen years ago, and kitchens have uh, sometimes under the floors, sort of as a reservoir tank underneath the floor of the kitchen. You can only get to by lifting up a grate that's underneath one of the floor tiles. They have a huge uh, grease trap. And all of the grease from every sink, every stove, every oven, every garbage disposal, everything, the grease all accumulates in this one grease trap that is underground that you have to lift up a tile and then a grate and then like another another uh, sort of uh, lid to get to. And we would always draw lots. We would, like, pull straws to see who had to clean it because you would only do it once a month. And it was the most rancid, vile thing probably to this day. The worst thing I've ever smelled in my life. I mean, and I say that as I mean, I say that as a guy who spent a fair share of time on you know farms and around animals and dead things and whatever. Because Kennewick is full of farms. And it, this grease trap in this kitchen that they cleaned once a month was the worst thing I have ever smelled in my life. And I only pulled the short straw once because I quit working there shortly thereafter. And I pulled the short straw, and they were all like, "Dude, you're hosed. You have to." And I mean, just re- and you cleaned it. You you emptied it with a huge ladle. And so we'd reach inside the ladle and just take out this hideous coagulated grease, dump it into a bucket, and then go throw it. And I remember I was walking out the door with this big-ass sloshy bucket full of coagulated, rotted grease. And I... Could be worse. It could be trapped in your colon. Oh, I... And I sort of tripped and bumped something on the way out of the door, and a little bit of it just ew. It's like when you it's have a slosh. It's like when you have a coffee cup inside the cup holder in your car, and you hit a pothole, and it kind of sloshes around inside and goes and sort of squirts out the top a little bit. A little bit of grease, side of my face, down my left arm. I washed. I must have showered ten times before I felt like that was off of me. This is the worst thing ever. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Oh, so they're taking that guy into custody in Milwaukee. Excellent. F him. The guy that was holding a uh, gun and a razor to his throat, I guess they took both away and took him into custody. Cool. So the road is open. If you want to, want to go to Milwaukee, don't let us keep you. Don't let it hold you back. Go there now. It's a wonderful place to be. Then that Malala family fighting the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife for the return of their pet deer is going to get a lawyer and soon to get that deer back. That's uh, Snowball the deer. Apparently it's uh, cut up in red tape and it should be returned to its loving family. So bring the deer home. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown has announced the further cut in the number of troops serving in Iraq. He told the House of Commons his intentions. We plan from next spring to reduce force numbers in southern Iraq to a figure of 2,500. The first stage begins now, with the Iraqis already assuming security responsibility. This porridge is too hot. Meanwhile, uh, Mr. Brown has uh, defended his position not to call a general election. He will not be uh, swayed by opinion polls. There's a change taking place in this country, you know. There are rising aspirations amongst the British people that have got to be met. I've sensed it in home ownership, and I've sensed these rising aspirations, and I want a chance to show that our vision of the future of the country can deliver on these rising aspirations to the British people. Does he have, like, a weird Scottish kind of thing going yes, on with he's his Scottish. accent? Is he really? Yeah. So you could, you don't even have to be uh, from England to be the, the prime minister. Well, it's part of the UK. 
Oh, that's true, because that's right, because Scotland isn't really a country, as I discovered before we left. I keep right. forgetting that. Um, so that is, by the way, something I chose not to tell people in Scotland. You know, you're not really a country. Uh, the, so is it, does he not have to have an election if he doesn't want one? Right. Well, that's kind of right now. weird. But it's set up different than ours. So he can just sort of decide he wants an election or not? Yeah. Interesting. Much. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello there, Rick. Hello. You were talking about the worst smell that you could possibly never wash out of your body. Yes. Well, I was raised on a 20-acre fish farm, and we used to clean the fish and store all the fish guts in these five-gallon buckets, and they were stacked like three high. For what purpose would you store fish guts? Well, you wouldn't store them. You would, the, the buckets were stacked, but then you'd unstack the buckets, put the fish guts in, then you'd feed it back to the fish. And that's what's supposed to happen after you get done cleaning the fish. That seems wrong. Yeah. It, it does seem wrong, but what's even more wrong than that is that um, every other week we'd rotate who got to dump the fish guts. And my lazy brother, in like an August week when it was really, really hot, uh, decided not to dump them. So the next week, after a week's worth of hot, sealed fish guts, yeah. I reached up and grabbed them, which were about chin high, mm-hmm. thinking they were empty, and pulled them quickly. Oh! <laughs> right down and, on you. Yeah, and then as they started to fall, instinctively, you know, I, I let go of the handles, and I put my hands on the middle to try to support them, and the lids popped off. Oh. Like, eye height, ran right down my face, oh. in my hair, in my mouth, and then I commenced to puking everything all the way up to my toenails out. This is the best story ever. Oh. Thank you, and welcome to the lunch hour. Excellent, sir. How many, how many showers did it take to be rid of that? Uh, I, I'm still working on it. This happened about 30 years ago. God bless you. That's a great story. Thank you, my friend. Right, thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I can continue after that. All right. Uh, Senator Larry Craig has been chosen for induction into the Idaho Hall of Fame. Uh, the nonprofit... Uh, Idaho Hall of Fame organization. Now, pick Craig and Mark. <laughs> it's amazing they don't turn a profit with that. I know. It's amazing that there's no money in the Idaho Hall of Fame. This is months before he pled guilty to disorderly conduct. Larry Craig has made some great contributions to Idaho over the past 20 years. At the time, it was considered uh, these other matters hadn't come up. But some Republicans said the honor is inappropriate now. Uh, apparently, uh, the Hall of Fame officials should consider at least po- postponing the induction, say so. Uh, Larry Craig has vowed to serve out his last 15 months of his term, despite a court ruling that left his guilty plea intact for a sexting operation. Wonderful. Uh, meanwhile, a deer has spawned back. A North Georgia man was attacked and killed by a deer over the weekend. Sheriff's investigators say 66-year-old John Henry Fricks had intended to kill the deer that he kept on his property, but the deer had been aggressive lately. Perhaps it was in a bit of a, a rut due to the fact that it was mating season, and the deer fought back. It's my understanding when deer go into rut, whatever type of deer it is, right. uh, they do get very aggressive, and if they get in an area where they can't get away, they can sometimes harm it. The dead term. Fricks was found 100 yards from his home, lying inside one of the pens where he kept his deer. Oh, the deer killed him. Yeah, he had been gored several times in the upper body by the deer's antlers. Yeah, okay. No, when something grows razor-sharp horns, that's, a, that's nature's way of saying don't F with whatever this is. Yeah, so don't. All right. Well, some like it hot, but not this hot. In this case, Danny Williams said his Apple iPod Nano left a hole in his trousers, which caught on fire. Uh, the uh, airport employee from Atlanta said he was at work when the portable media player caught on fire. It was actual flames. Um, when I actually looked down and saw, actual um, they were coming up to my chest. He's not too pleased with Apple at the moment. 
I called them and I went through their questionnaire and they said somebody would call me back and nobody did. So the very next day I called them and after I got through the runaround, um, they just told me to mail it in. All right. Okay. Close. There you go. You got to talk to the right people. They're glad to help you. Uh, it's a hefty price for a pastry. A man accuses stealing a 52-cent donut will face time in jail. Scott Masters slipped the donut into a sweatshirt without paying, then pushed away a clerk who tried to stop him and ran away. The push is being treated as a minor assault, which transforms into a misdemeanor shoplifting charge. This becomes a strong-arm robbery with a potential prison term of 5 to 15 years. Is this one of those three strikes things? Yes. And yeah. because he has a criminal history, he could get... 30 years for stealing a donut. You know, I'm all for that. They, 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 they always try to position these stories of, has the justice run amok? Uh, but it's always some guy who his first and second offenses are like shooting a guy in the head yeah. and, you know, and then like setting a busload of nuns on fire or something. And then his third offense is like stealing a candy bar. I don't care. F him. Stick him in a hole forever. Doesn't matter. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hey. A uh, couple of things. Yes. You were speaking about that fellow being burned with his iPod. Yes. I was actually burned with radiator fluid. Okay. It, as I was working on my car, you were supposed to put this chemical in and let it burn, let it run for like 30 minutes, and then loosen the cap, and it would, you know, release the pressure. But you you decided that you were too manly to wait for that, and so you would just jump right ahead to step number five. Well, no, I did loosen the cap, and it popped loose and flew away, and the radiator burped all over me, and I had couple of gallons of, um, you know, 200-degree uh, water and or radiator fluid spraying all up and down me. Yeah, that's a bad way to end your day. That was second-degree burns and uh, two weeks in uh, clinics and hospitals. Good time. Yeah, how do we get onto this whole thing of burning and bad stenches or something? Uh, uh, hydraulic fluid and spraying on people. Oh, that's right. It's all Magic Mountain's fault. Yeah. Fine. Right. And then the uh, toothpick and the knife. I have one and I use it time. Like if I go to a uh, barbecue or whatever, I, I, you know, I get something caught in my teeth. I don't have a toothpick nearby. Works out well. The thing about it is, thank you, sir. The thing about the Swiss Army knife is it impresses no one. It impresses no one but other eight-year-old boys. There's nobody on earth. And then you, go, you grow to be an adult and you do realize how kind of ridiculous it is. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Google engineers are working on a G phone, but with a different goal than Apple. And making the iPhone. Google is developing the phone to dominate online advertising on the mobile internet. Although the market for mobile internet is small, Google expects it to grow. Uh, the search engine hopes to convince wireless carriers to offer phones based on its software. The cost of phones might offset uh, some of the advertising that appears on the screens. So uh, Google will build the software. I bet this is one of those things when you're talking on the phone, whatever you're talking about, flashes on the well, screen. Well, you were just talking about that last week, about how yeah. it, it somehow it, it reads your, your voice recognition. Mm -hmm. I wonder if voice rec recognition software has come a long way in the last 10 years. Because i got to think, back in, like, 99, I bought, I think it's called Via Voice from IBM. It was one of the very first voice recognition programs. Mm -hmm. And they did, I was totally a sucker for the advertising, too, because they, it was one of those, uh, you know, because I'm a terrible typist. I mean, obviously, I could, you know, I can talk real, real quickly and whatnot, but I, I'm bad at typing, and I still do the Roger Ebert hunt and peck. I mean, Me I too. can type pretty quickly, but it's with two fingers, you know, pointer finger on each end, which is fine. I mean, yeah, it's enough, to, it's enough to sort of get me there. Like, I can sort of get stuff done, but I can't touch type. Like, like Sarah's a whiz at typing, and I think Scotty's really good at it too. But it's just one of those things that I never bothered to Not learn. Me. 
and I think I am old enough now that I don't think I could learn it. I think I'm doing the same thing now. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 to this day, they are. it's I how I type. I can type without looking at the screen a lot of times, but it's still with only one finger on each hand. And I do believe that it is just certain... one finger. Yeah, I never noticed that about you. Yeah, see, that's how Tim is doing it. Right, it's exactly the same way. And again, Roger Ebert's the guy I always use because he does type at some blinding speed, but it is not hunt and peck as such. But it's with that same hand configuration, the pointer finger on each hand. Um, but I think when you get to a certain age, it's like hey, you can't learn a, another language very easily when you get to be like when you pass 25 or something. I think at my age, learning how to type it, like the regular secretary way would just be impossible. I don't think I could ever do it. So I bought this voice recognition software, and the deal was you could supposedly just put on a headphone and then you could dictate everything. You could just uh, you know you open Microsoft uh, uh, Word or whatever, and you could just be. You know, you know, dear CBS employees, due to recent economic downturns, we will be streamlining, you know, whatever, and just dictate whatever it is you had to get done. And I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I am perhaps the worst single candidate on earth for voice recognition software, but goddamn, that thing couldn't recognize a single word I said. <laughs> it couldn't recognize, and I would say something like, you know, um, I'll let you decide for yourself. You know, that would be the sentence, and instead it would hear like the, you know, Omelets for homicide on a shelf, and it would just it, it would bear no recognition at all, except like some sort of vague linguistic uh, is, uh, resemblance to what I had said. So maybe it's time to try that again. Scotty, speaking of voice recognition, Scotty has just typed on the screen, learning how to spell is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, we feel oh, so sad. we find him? We feel so sad for you sometimes, <laughs> Scotty. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Here's something for the kids. Hey, kids. If you keep spending all that time on your cell phone... You'll die. You're going to get brain cancer. Oh, really? I was just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm sorry. You what? Mobile phone use by children could raise your risk of developing brain cancer. Cancer? I believe it hurts. The finding comes from a group of kids who uh, surveyed results from 11 separate medical studies. They determined that kids should not use cell phones because of their thinner skulls. <laughs> Because of your thin, egg-like skull. After 10 years of cell phone use, their study showed people have twice the risk of being diagnosed for a brain tumor that links the ear to the brain. I'm sorry. This medical finding comes on the heels of a study by British research groups that found only a faint hint of a link between a long-term cell phone use and brain tumors. All you kids who have those thin skulls, get off the phone. <laughs> Thin-skulled youth of America. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell's much-talked-about uh, memoir, I don't know who's talking about it, arrives in stores tomorrow. Didn't she? This is like the third one, though. She Didn't she have? Yeah. She just never stops. It's called uh, Celebrity Detox. She uh, talks about um, other things, that as a child, uh, she would break her own hands and figures using a baseball bat or a wooden hanger. She said her motive was to be self-destructive. She wanted to find out that she had some value, enough to be fixed. That's ridiculous. This is a made-up story. It is my, a made -up story. my opinion... This is, in my oh, she opinion, said Barbara Walters should retire. Journalistically, my opinion, as is protected by the First Amendment, that's made up. She would break her own hands and fingers. That's not real. No one. First of all, how would you break the second hand? With what? Would I say like Ricky Roma. With what, John? With what? Uh, once you break the first, that's like how that episode of Futurama when Bender's arms fell off, and then they just cut to like his first arm already connected and putting the second one on. I mean, how? You can't break both. I mean, I guess if you just decided to break one hand and then like a year later break the other one, but that doesn't make sense either. Maybe she talked to Anne Heche to break the other one. The, um, wasn't it Anne Heche whose uh, autobiography was called Call Me Crazy? I don't know. Who would read it? 
Not I, certainly. And but I do fair. believe it was actually called Call Me Crazy. Uh, well, she's named, her, the bargain bin right now. <laughs> named her kid, like, Homer LaFoon or something. Whatever <laughs> Homer that, I think that's actually what she named her kid. Um, all right. Well, you know, the funny thing about uh, these celebrity revelations like this is they're always held until the book comes out. Then suddenly they always remember that they were held down and molested repeatedly by the postman or something. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Charges of pending against the man who police say stabbed his roommate while the two argued over foot odor. This happened in Texas. The two men, both in their 20s, were from uh, South America and were living together with friends in an apartment. According to the report, the suspect accused his roommate of having stinky feet. That comment led to an argument which ended in a stabbing. The victim died at the scene. The uh, suspect was taken into custody without incident. He said he didn't mean to do it. Mm -hmm. A study in which uh, teetotaling Spanish nuns drank a regular half liter of beer showed that beer may help reduce cholesterol levels. The study also showed that the beer uh, did not need to contain alcohol or to be drank in large quantities to be good for you. The magical ingredients are hops, say the nuns. One of the basic components of beer may trigger benefits in reducing uh, levels of, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce this word. Let me try it. Try glycerides. I think that's correct. The experiment uh, did not appear to have won many new beer fans among the teetotaling nuns who took part, chosen on the basis of their steady lifestyle and balanced diet. To begin with, we probably wouldn't continue to drink it, said Sister Maria Jose. Uh, Fifty nuns drank half a liter of beer a day for 45 days and stopped for six months. Then they took 400 milligrams of hops daily for 40 days. The result was a 6% reduction in fatty levels. Uh, we did it for the good of humanity, said the sister. By the way, I'm looking at the uh, Idaho Hall of Fame right here to see who else is in it. Well, it, 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 it's, I'm glad you asked that, Tim, because like all the halls of fame, see, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the most egregious example of this. Mm -hmm. They use up all of the good people in the first year, and then it's just you enter the long dark tea time of the soul, where there's just there's no one to put in for years, and you, you basically have to wait for other people to be born, become famous, uh, suffer, and then die. So in the very first year, this is the first year they started the the, uh, the Idaho Hall of Fame, which is 1995. Um, the only the, you get a star on the Idaho Walk of Fame, <laughs> <laughs> just sort of a dirt trail leading to an outhouse. You get a like Mr. Potato Head. You get a half. You just get a half moon caught in one of the local uh, one of the local lavatories, uh, one of the local privies. So. In the first year, this is in 1985, they go all the way back to literally to like like 1750. Um, so the first year that they did inductees to the to the Idaho Hall of Fame, Chief Joseph, um, let's see, historical, uh, let's see, Philo Farnsworth, Philo T. Farnsworth, who, that's oh, yeah. not true. Philo Farnsworth is from Utah. Is he? Yeah, he the, the guy who invented television. I mean, like, like invented the television. Who was never given credit for it? Who was never given credit for it because David uh, Sarnoff shafted him out of it. Uh, he was a mean fellow. He was a bastard. He really was. He was just a son of a bitch. Uh, I really, and I, th I felt that way even before I saw the Sorkin play. But you go to see this uh, this Sorkin play, which I think Spielberg's making into a movie, um, the Farnsworth invention, and David Sarnoff just screwed him. You know, had he stayed in Russia, he would have probably become another Stalin, but immigrated to the United States Sarnoff? and did the same thing to his oh, enemies. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did it, and he did it and was paid handsomely for it too. Um, yeah, boy, you see this play, and he just 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 depicts Sarnoff as just just the worst guy on earth, just a terrible person. Um, anyway, so um, so Philo Farnsworth, 
who died drunk and alone. Penniless. Penniless because of David Sarnoff. (laughs) There are some great quotes, though, that David Sarnoff says about radio in this Sorkin play, The the Farnsworth uh, Invention. where he just he, he just talked about just is that lo- playing anywhere else? Uh, you know, it was only playing in La Jolla because, and then I think they're going to roll it out at like regular playhouses in, in larger cities, uh, and then I think Spielberg has optioned it as a film. Um, Patrick F. McManus, you know who Patrick F. McManus is? The name sounds familiar. He's an outdoor humorist. He's sort outdoor of the he's sort of the Irma Bombeck of the fly and tackle set. Uh, like if you're a guy who wears, you know, if you're a guy who wears hip hip waders and knows what a what a what a uh, what a steel head is, you read a lot of Patrick F. McManus. I mean, that really is the way to describe. It. He exact he is Irma Bombeck for guys who camp and fish. Um, his most famous work is called um, is called Never Sniff a Gift Fish, and he was really really big when I was in sixth grade. We all loved him for some reason because we were hicks. Uh, let's see, Sacagawea, Lana Turner, really. See, but Lana Turner's not from Idaho, is she? Who? Lana <laughs> Lana Turner. Not that I know of. Lana Turner's not from... She's from the malt shop or whatever. She's from whatever that uh, drugstore was. Where was she discovered? Oh, uh, that drugstore. Yeah. Schwab's. Lana, that's exactly what uh, Lana Turner's not from Idaho. You take that back. Um, and so that is the first year of inductions for the Idaho Hall of Fame. da 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 Lana Turner, Sacagawea, Chief Joseph. Literally everybody in the history of the state... And then after that, it's, there's just no one. I mean, just no one. I'm looking right here, and it's just year after year of just a lot of Mormons, though. A lot of guys I recognize who were Mormon uh, prophets. But there's, just, there's nobody else that anybody cares about. No Mark Furman. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole lot of nothing. So Larry Craig joins such distinguished uh, inductees as the guy from last year and old, what's his name? Well, it's about time. Here on KCMD Portland. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. You know what? I just had something here very important, and I lost it. Well, these things happen. Should we do a Britney watch? Wait, hold on. Yes, let me get the, regu- let me get the new Britney sounder ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our, the inaugural induction of our brand new Britney watch sounder. We'll see how this works for today. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your Britney watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. That's terrific. It really is. It's I, I worked pretty hard at trying to preserve the you know the hook of the song. So but all those uh, promising youngsters that were here on Friday. Yes, yes, the baby-faced lads of Nickel Arcade. They're coming in again this week, they're aren't they? And again, they're going to come play live this week because they all. This is so cute. They, I know we have to quit talking about them like they're five years old, but I mean it really is. They are. Is they're pretty adorable. adorable little <laughs> tiny things. Adorable little rock and roll scamps. <laughs> sort of like Lil Rockers. Um, they uh, they came in, but they were all on the lunch break from like. You know, wherever it is that they work. So, and I heard, I shouldn't repeat it. I should let the guy oh, tell the story do. himself. No, no, no. I heard a great Art Alexakis story from one of them. Oh, really? I won't, I don't want to say what it is. I'll let, I'll let the guy decide whether he wants to. I think it's Peter. Uh, I'll let him decide if he wants to tell the story. You got the glasses and the lip rings? Yeah, well, no, yeah, the, the sort of, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the main guy. I'll let him decide if he wants to tell the story, but he has a, uh, 
It's a great Art Alex Saka story to tell. Anyway, they were all here on their lunch break. So they will come in this Friday and they do a little live thing for us. So here's uh, your Britney watch. Okay, so I have several stories here and I don't know where to start. So let's go down the list. Her personal downward spiral may have made Britney a number one hit with the paparazzi, but the problematic pop star worries about where that'll lead her. Or lead her. According to the UK's News of the World, Britney is obsessed with Princess Diana and now believes she'll meet the same tragic fate as yeah. the people's princess. She's utterly obsessed with the princess. We're worried about it, said a friend. She's uh, turned uh, one of the rooms in her house to a shrine to die with photos, books, and cheap souvenirs everywhere. <laughs> Don't you get the feeling that her house was kind of like that before? Just cheap souvenirs of, of something else? Uh, the News of the World also reports that Britney wants to buy Diana's wedding gown, or at least a good copy of it. She's even considering contacting Elizabeth Emanuel, the designer of that famous dress. People close to Britney say it's weird that nobody dares to tell her that she's so vulnerable right now. Anything could tip her over the edge. Anything. Story number two. Uh, let's see. Uh, Britney Spears didn't answer her buzzer when her kids came to visit last Thursday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. But, I mean... She was just such a terrible person. No, and can I really say... And this is in response, by the way. I'm sorry, Tim. I don't mean to interrupt. But it, is oh. in, it, is, it brings up a good point. This yeah. is in response to the guy who emailed last week, and he said... He asked why we were all, in his words... Rooting so hard for Britney to die, end quote. We're not doing it so hard. Oh, I am. I, uh, I, I, no, I'd feel kind of bad if she died. I mean, then the gifts would just stop giving, and that well, wouldn't be good for her. There's always Lindsay Lohan. I would feel bad for us. I would feel bad for as a his, people. I'd feel I'd feel bad for us as a people, and I would feel bad for we, the blood-sucking media. I would feel bad for our, us and other vultures of the airwaves, because really, and I put the and this is not a facetious question. I'm not really I'm not being rhetorical with this. Really, honestly, other than than the media, who is benefiting by Britney Spears still being alive? Well, no one. You yeah, can't you're right. Think not her children, not her friends. Yeah, you can't think of a single person better off with Britney Spears alive. I mean, that's just the. And I, again, I'm. I I wish her a long life and health and whatever. I'm just saying, the cold hard fact is this: there is really no one on earth. You can't make the case that a single person not in the media is better off with Britney Spears uh, drawn air. You know what I mean? Her kids, who she clearly. I mean, the evidence would indicate that she doesn't really care about her kids. Um. It, it, she's not moving any records. Uh, she's estranged from her family. She's out there uh, driving without a license and quite possibly driving while intoxicated. She's already been involved in at least one hit-and-run accident. Really, who is served by Britney Spears continuing to be alive? I'll give it. It rhymes with TMZ. Those are the TMZ and us and Perez Hilton. We are the only ones who benefit from the continued life of Britney Spears. I'm just saying that that is. I don't wish to seem morbid. It simply is my reading of the situation, mathematically speaking. So I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Meanwhile, TMZ reported, as of 10:39 this morning, Brittany was visiting with her children at her home in Malibu. Sean P. and little Jaden were escorted into the house, along with what appears to be a court-ordered monitor. Brittany is now walking around her gated community, dressed in a super short pink mini dress. Of course. With the boys and the same nanny that was in the uh, picture at Kevin's house. Her hair is in a ponytail, and she's talking on her cell phone. Britney's first studio album in four years will be called Blackout. The Jive record release is due in stores November 13th. This, in this, by the way, this uh, in in this context, calling it a Jive record release does have sort of a different meaning than it typically does. So it's due in stores November 13th, a day earlier internationally. 
The album title refers to blacking out negativity and embracing life fully. Oh, by the way, I saw the other day that she was uh, busted for something else in the car. Maybe it was, maybe it was just when she was dropping up the kids, but there was another one of those Kabbalah books in her backseat. So she's taking a page out of the Paris thing. And her first single, Give Me More, soared 65 places to number three in the Billboard Hot 100, selling a whopping 179,000 downloads. Well, her professional fortune appears to be improving her personal life remains trouble. The next phase of Britney Spears' musical comeback begins today. People Magazine reports the video of Give Me More is slid to debut on MTV's TRL this afternoon. Sources tell the magazine that footage from two separate video shoots is used to create the clip. Back in July, Britney was photographed at the California soundstage in a slinky black dress with black boots. Okay, this is exactly what we were talking about. So, that video... I know it does, uh, by the way, I know it does sound like we're just a bunch of teenage girls we talking are. about Britney Spears. Okay. But you know what? This is sort of like that old, uh, you know, that cartoon you would see, uh, you know, where the guy's crawling across the uh, the desert and then there's the bleached out ram skull or whatever. And you would just overhead, you see the, the vulture circling and you see like the, the footprints of the guy going off like a million miles behind him in the distance. We are those vultures right now because I think we can all smell that this is getting ready to, uh, to end. We can all smell the imminent curtain drop on Britney Spears. So that's why we're doing this. But this is exactly what Sarah and I were talking about. That video... Forgive Me More, which is not a bad song, but no. the video looks like it was made out of cobbled together rehearsal footage. Mm -hmm. And even in the video, she looks like she's out of it. She looks like she's not really into it. She's not really dancing. She's just standing leaning she's on the like pole. She's kind of like swaying back and forth. Like It kind of looks like she might be attempting to dance, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and so it, uh, my guess was that they couldn't get her to keep it together long enough to shoot the actual video. So they just took a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, rehearsal B-roll stuff, uh, and then they just sort of smushed it together like some sort of visual fruitcake and called it a video. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, she's done. She's host. Meanwhile, Brittany and her mom are back together now. Uh, the pop star received a visit from her estranged mom, Lynn Spears, over the weekend. You know what that is? That's a keep me in the will visit is what that is. Lynn flew into Los Angeles Friday night to spend some quality time with Brittany. Also along for the trip was Brittany's younger sister, Jamie Lynn. Brittany and her mother have had a rocky relationship uh, since June. That's when Brittany gave Lynn a letter that reportedly warned her to stay away from her kids. Uh, one insider says that Lynn traveled from Louisiana to be with her daughter, quote, because Brittany really needed her mom, unquote. Uh, all right. The move comes just days after Brittany was ordered to give up custody of her two boys. And that's it for now. Of course, this thing changes by the moment. It really, it's only it's one, never really over. We've got another hour and 48 minutes, it's so... temporarily updated. You could overdose five, six, seven, eight, nine times in that period. All right, there for now is your Britney Watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. Or is that song going to be in like a week when they find her bloated body at the Chateau? Uh, she's too full of herself. I don't. I, I'm off of the killing thing. I don't oh. think that she's going to kill herself. No, not not intentionally. Not, not intentionally. Maybe not by exactly. Maybe not on purpose. She won't do it for us. No, <laughs> no, she doesn't care enough. Where is your caring? All right. But you know that's exactly what it is. As soon as she just starts circling the drain, that's when the relatives show up with the whole, okay, now my name is spelled M-O-N-I-C-A. Make sure that I'm there. I, what I really love is the car. The car and maybe, oh, I don't know, three points on your uh, cumulative record sales over the next 10 years. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. 
Well, speaking of, I had this. Why isn't this doing this for me? Hang You're on, having a kind of a day over there, aren't you? I am because things aren't working as they should be. My computer's a little slow. Well, the new owner of EMI, Britain's largest music group, has warned that the industry will not survive if it continues to rely on CD sales alone. They just discovered this. A guy, guy is this, what's, what year is this story from? This is brand new. This is just, <laughs> well done, record industry. A guy Hands, who's in charge of BMI, told staff in a confidential email that the industry has been too slow to embrace the digital revolution. Hands' letter was in response to a decision by Radiohead, one of the biggest bands nurtured by EMI, but now out of a contract to release their album via the Internet at a price designed by fans. I got two things to say about this. A... Uh, well, well, two and a half things. A, good job Radiohead on your stunting, because this did exactly what it was supposed to do, which yeah. is to get a lot of publicity for Radiohead. And the deal is, while you're at Radiohead's website paying, you know, $4 or whatever it is you want to pay them for this new record, the deal is they're going to pitch you on buying their box set, which is $82 and which you cannot buy digitally, which you have to pay for. So, so yeah, so that's right. It's a way for Radiohead to give them give themselves a little bit of your money. Um, so, but good job on them for marketing. I admire a good marketing scam when I see one. B, I find it really difficult to like anything that radio does, period, Radiohead does, period, ever, at all. So it pains me to compliment Radiohead in any way. See, this is a microcosm of the whole thing. We were talking about the record industry not getting the digital age. Yes. A microcosm of that, emblematic of, this, of their entire inability to grasp the Internet, is that that guy writes, quote, a confidential email, which we are now reading. I mean, he wrote it like two days ago. Titled it confidential, and here we are in Portland, Oregon, reading it word for word on the air. Hey, a-hole. It's, it's, it, there is no confidential. There is no anything. So the fact that he writes the email and then is stunned, stunned, uh, when we have a copy of it indicates how far out of touch they really are. The recording industry has for too long been dependent on how many CDs it can sell. Did you see? Well, you did. You 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 recommended that I read that New York Times Magazine article. Yes. That uh, freaking before Rick Rubin took the co-presidency. Did you see what Columbia Records was going to do? Columbia Records was losing so much money on CD sales because you know you can't get Americans to pay eighteen ninety nine for a piece of plastic anymore. Columbia Records, until Rick Rubin, God bless him, took over half the control of that studio, uh, that label, their next step was to start taking 50% of the artist's merchandise and tour revenue. That was their whole thing. They were ready to implement that. Columbia Records was about to tell all of their artists, by the way, we're going to be taking 50% of your merchandise and 50% of your tour grosses. I mean, that's how far out of touch they are. Sorry, I keep jumping in. Go ahead. So anyway, the big deal with the Republicans is... Is Thompson really into being the president or even being at a debate? Uh, the debate is a do-or-die thing for Fred Thompson. Actively campaigning for almost a month now, the Law & Order and Die Hard 2 actor still looks good on paper, but has yet to ignite the passions of conservative Republicans still searching for savior to slay Hillary. In national polls, uh, Thompson is in second place. That's a second, second, solid second place. Behind Rudy. Giuliani. Is it still behind Rudy? Mm-hmm. Okay. And frontrunner Giuliani hasn't uh, given up any yardage to Thompson. As a fundraiser, Thompson hasn't been terrible, but at least for a Republican, he's fallen short of expectations. The $8 million he raised in the third quarter is about the average for GO peers. But Giuliani has raised $11 million, and that's just uh, $3 million ahead of Representative Ron Paul of Texas. Remember him? I saw two people holding uh, homemade Ron Paul signs. Where? On, on Cornell Road. Really? <laughs> Really? For who? In Bethany. 
Well, okay. You know, it does indicate how uh, deeply weird this country has gotten, because you know that they were probably Democrats, too. That's the strange thing about it. Mm-hmm. Ron Paul, who is a Republican, that is why, that is, I, I was saying this before, that it used to be in this country that Roe v. Wade, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the abortion issue, we used to be the defining that was the litmus test by which people decided whether you were liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat. And it really hasn't been that for a while. I think now for most people it is the war. I think George Bush slash the war on terror, war in Iraq, that has become the litmus test by which people determine which side of the political aisle you're on, which is why you get this weirdness where there's a bunch of Democrats supporting Rumble who will never win anything, anything ever. But here's the other part. Thompson has also failed to capture the Christian right. Yes. He doesn't appear to be too eager to court the support of influential Christian leaders such as James Thompson, who can command his flock to do whatever he wants to do. Yes, yes, he can. They're all eager followers. Jump off a cliff for me. They would. (laughs) Why doesn't he ever give that command? I don't know. I wish he would. Uh, I don't particularly care to have a conversation with him, says Thompson of Thompson. If he wants to call up and apologize again, you know, it's okay with me. Uh, there have been persistently poor reviews from the trail and the oddness of uh, all the supporters of the Christian right. During an interview on Fox News, Hannity and Combs this week, Thompson and his trophy wife, Jerry, talked about life on the campaign trail. They spoke from Iowa, and their two young children clamored all over them, playing with unidentified objects and singing children's songs as... That's just sort of creepy. I know. It really he was is. covered in children. It was horrible. <laughs> But they're still waiting for support from uh, James Dobson. Yes, yes. You know, the thing about the Republican Party is it's just like one barrel full of badly trained monkeys rolling down a hill into a sewer at this point. It's just they just have no... Change. They just no. They just can't get it together. They just you. The thing. So so why do they just give up and vote for for Rudy? That's the thing. They ought to just be giving up and regrouping for 2012. And you got to wonder if in some way that's what they're doing. If, if in some way they because ju- it just seems like they can't get their act together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, at least on the Democratic side, st- st- simply talking now uh, tactically, it just the Democrats at least they they all seem to have have united against are united behind Hillary against the Republicans, and, you know, with Obama uh, bringing up, you know, a distant second, and he will, of course, eventually be the vice presidential candidate. Um, But the Republicans just don't seem to, man, it's just like Keystone Cops over there. They just can't seem to figure out what the hell they're doing, which is why they're just going to get hosed next year. So, you know, well, whatever. All right. Uh, Let's do one more, and I will do, um, we'll do this, because I've been meaning to get this for a couple days. These are, um, what is it? Some stories that people have sent us that were horrible, but not quite bad enough to be in the running for the second worst story you have ever heard. Oh. So, um, stories that are awful, but not that awful. So I'll get to those, then we'll break, we'll come back, more of Tim Riley, and later on in this hour, the top five songs that Sarah's parents may have been listening to when her mother okay. was impregnated. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's something that nobody really needs. Well, the curtain closed again on the police when their reunion tour ends, and the summer says the trio could have a new album in them. It's sort of like living with the elephants in the room. I see it as a challenge to make an absolutely brilliant pop album. Summers is 64. When the police broke really? up... Really? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Did you know that Matt Damon is 37? Matt Damon. Which one is he? Matt, he's the one with the career. He's the one you sometimes see in movies <laughs> these days. Oh, and Ben Affleck is now a director, and he always wanted to direct. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, uh, to be fair, I heard that he's got a movie coming out, Ben Affleck does, which is actually supposedly not that bad that he directed. So hes I think he's a talented guy. I, I like think... the Hollywood Land movie, but nobody else went to see it. I, yeah. I saw that movie in the theater. Yeah, and everything. I liked it a lot. I keep waiting to see it, actually. I just, uh, I've just i never... I'm waiting for it to come actually, by almost, on HBO. I almost actually bought it at the... Um, 
I went to CDM Extreme really? like I saw it there yesterday. I meant to see it in L.A. and then I didn't get a chance and I just I haven't watched it yet. But I I do like Ben Affleck. He he's he's a likable guy. I think a talented guy. The thing with Ben Affleck is he's just not a leading man. Well, no, he had a quick burnout. I yeah, mean, there was just too much about him well, everywhere. And he's got those weird chiseled '50s good looks, and so people sort of look at him and they think, well, he ought to be the leading man because look at his square jaw and whatever. Too but bad Jane Wyman's dead. He just he that's exactly it though. He does look like a guy right on the 1959, but he just doesn't have the presence, the magnetism, the charisma to be a leading man. He is the best friend. That's the deal. Um, see also Adam Sandler, and I really think that's why oh, Adam Sandler has fallen. But I think that's why he's burned as well. I think that's why he's fallen off the charts because, a little bit. Because that's an old thing. I think Adam Sandler's a legitimately funny guy. I do. I think he has a certain juvenile sort of charisma, but I don't think he works as a leading man. I think it's sustained for a film or two, and then it just sort of... It sort of fell apart. Uh, Matt Damon is a really great actor, but goddamn, I didn't think he was 37. He still looks like he's about 12. Yeah. So... Um, Anyway, oh, but, you know, speaking of the Afflecks, you know, Casey Affleck is the guy who's sort of ascendant now, Ben Affleck's younger brother, mm -hmm. because he uh, is in that new movie, The Assassination of uh, Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, uh, which is apparently really good. So I never really thought I would hear the day when Casey Affleck was being held up as some sort of Oscar-worthy star. Well, he's been in all like, the Ocean's Eleven movies, hasn't he? And he was in that Gus Van Sant film that was just him and Matt Damon walking around for 90 minutes doing nothing. Which one was that? Uh, I forget what it was Just called. Just makes lots of movies nobody ever goes to see. No, no, he doesn't. Yet he remains a Portland celebrity. He basically he basically just makes movies in his basement now and then shows them on a bed sheet uh, somewhere in his neighborhood and then they just go directly into movie madness. It was literally... I, I forget you show up at the Ross Allen Grocery. I can't remember... As you were saying. I don't know. Uh... So I was I can't remember what the movie was called, but it was literally this sort of experimental film, which is always code for crap. Experimental is always code for it's not good. Uh, where Casey Affleck and uh, Matt Damon are just lost, wandering around the desert for 90 minutes, talking out loud to themselves. I mean, it's just... It, it, oh, that was that Sahara movie. No, 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 no. But they weren't even in that's that one. Matthew McConaughey. He wandered Matthew McConaughey. How can you wander around the desert with perfect teeth and nothing to eat and no water <laughs> for like hours and hours when it's 200 degrees? Not possible. Not even breaking a sweat. Oh, man. Speaking of the 50s and Ben Affleck, so I have still not watched Mad Men from last Thursday. Good. I've watched half of it. Okay. So I can't comment yet. Uh, because, I'm a little bit behind. Yeah, because I got home late because uh, I was doing a thing that night. I got home late, and then the weekend was on me, and I had this whole business, and then I had Sarah's thing to go to, and Aaron's thing, and uh, I was up real late on Friday because we went to see Goodfellas. Well, I'm behind too because I usually watch it on Sunday, but now that Cold Case Files is back on the air, I have to give that. I've back. gotten a few emails from people who said that it's great, said that it's fantastic. I have not watched it, so please do not spoil anything about Mad Men from last Thursday. I'm going to buy that show the minute it comes out on DVD too. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now. How many episodes are left? I don't know. I think if they're doing a straight 22-episode run... Oh, wow. That's we, a lot of cable. Probably, you know. But even if they're only doing 13, I think we've still got another two or three then at that point. So I think we're only on, like, episode nine or something. Yeah. What was that business about the wife shooting the gun at the end of that episode a couple weeks ago? That rang a little yeah, hollow to me. I, I didn't get that at all. No. Uh, thanks to everybody who came out to see uh, Goodfellas on Friday night for A Court and Fat Boy's Midnight Movie. That was a great time. You have never... I mean, it is just the greatest guy vibe just 200 drunken maniacs cheering at the top of their lungs as Ray Liotta pistol whips a guy right in the face. It just, and it's that Scorsese violence that it's not over the top as such. It's sort of small violence. In it's other a words, good yeah, it's not a gun battle. It's not a car exploding. It's not aliens uh, shooting a death ray. 
It's just suitable like, for the kids. It's a it's a guy hitting another guy in the face, but boy, it hurts. Just that sequence where that guy is the, the, the guy tries to um, the guy tries to take advantage of his wife, mm. and Leota just walks across the street in that one long tracking shot. You've seen Goodfellas, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Where Re- yeah, I like that movie. Leota just walks across the street with that one long tracking shot and grabs the guy by the back of the head and just beats him in the lower jaw with that gun like 15 times, and everybody in the theater was just you know. You know, I would think Goodfellas and Casino mixed up. Well, they're kind of similar, so yeah. they're similar themes, but boy, goddamn, what a great movie. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again. Now, this is the music that would normally indicate uh, our hunt for the second worst story ever. This is a little bit of a twist on that. Um, these are not candidates for the second worst story ever, just because none of them is really bad enough. So, but I wanted to read them because they are uh, they are horrific. But this does show how high the bar has been set. Now, you may remember that the, uh, the current champion of uh, our hunt for the second worst story ever is this man who is consumed by his own poisonous spider collection. Now, here are some stories that are bad, just not bad enough. Dateline, Redwood City, California. A worker was discovered dead in a vat of sulfuric acid Sunday at a circuit board factory where he worked after he was overcome by fumes and fell into the acid vat. Falling into, and a vat of acid is one of those things you don't really ever think that they actually keep around in real life. It'd be like one of those, you know, it's like big boxes of crates or something that really only exist in John Carmack video games. But apparently there is just a big barrel of acid sitting around. And that's one of those places where you think you'd be sort of careful, like working above a giant log chipper or something. The victim was identified as Fernando Gonzalez of Redwood City. He was submerging circuit boards in the vat when he was overcome by the fumes and... Fell into the acid vat. An autopsy was said to be, quote, delayed by the condition of the body. Read that. I think it was just ankles, really. I think that's all they found. Here's story number two. Not quite bad enough to take part in the contest for the second worst story ever. I had about 100 people send this to me. Freakish fall traps boys' testicles in pipe. Malaysian doctors performed a 30-minute operation to free the testicles of a 16-year-old boy stuck in a metal pipe after the boy slipped while bathing, a newspaper has said. In response to a call from his brother in an adjacent room, the boy climbed up a partition in the bathroom. Never climb anywhere in the bathroom, especially if you are unclothed. But then slipped and fell on an uncovered and sharp-edged metal pipe. Trapping his testicles inside the narrow tube, the new Straits Times said. Medical staff answering the emergency call at the boy's home were unable to remove the L-shaped pipe from his scrotal area and had to call in firemen. They used a hydraulic cutter to open both ends of the pipe before the child could be taken to the hospital, shrieking in agony. He was discharged by the doctors after they performed a three-hour operation to free his testicles. And finally... From uh, the BBC, the home of quality and tasteful news. Doctors in China have discovered 26 four and a half inch sewing needles embedded in the body of a 30 year old woman. They think that they were inserted into Luo Quifen's body when she was a baby by grandparents upset that she was not born a boy. Some of these needles have penetrated vital organs, such as the lungs, liver, and kidneys. One has 
even broken into three pieces inside her brain. The needles were discovered only when she went to the hospital complaining of blood in her urine. She was given a routine x-ray which revealed her body was, quote, full of razor-sharp needles. Up until then, she'd been in good health and had never complained of pain. A, a team of 23 doctors uh, debating how best to remove the needles. The first of these removals is expected to take place next week. Doctors believe the many, many needles were inserted into the woman when she was a few days old by her grandparents, angered that she was not a boy. There is no way to confirm this story. The grandparents are now dead. In many rural areas of China, boys are valued more highly than girls. Thus, the needling. Alright, there you go. Not quite bad enough to uh, take part in the competition, but horrific nonetheless. A little gift from me to you. Uh, after this, more of Tim Riley. The top five songs from nine months before Sarah Dillon was born. Later on, James Roof. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. No, that person's a bad person. I can't help it if. <laughs> yeah, if what, Sarah? If somebody finds something and then sends it to me and then just happen to look at it and see that somebody's not going through a very good time in their life right now. <laughs> uh, and that person's not very, been very nice to me in the past. That's all I'm saying. believe that though i mean i really can with almost no difficulty i can believe that this isn't going to be like those george bush documents on cbs news is it where it turns out that it was like manufactured in somebody's basement no. where dan rather holds up the whole this document shows that george bush is a cokehead and never went to work and then somebody it turns out that some guy just made it in his dorm room and sent it to cbs i have a screen capture <laughs> Okay. Let's move forward. Moving on. Let's all ignore that conversation. Rick, I once saw... Where's Tim? I once saw a yeah. clip of Philo Farnsworth on a What's My Line type of game show from the 50s. The panel was not able to... Oh, this is so sad. Keep in mind, by the way, that Philo Farnsworth, as I repeatedly say, invented television. And to, to paraphrase uh, Sam Donovan, didn't invent television like Milton Berle did. I mean, he invented the television. Anyway, she says, I saw a clip of Philo Farnsworth on uh, What's My Line type of game show from the 50s. The panel was not able to guess who he was or what he invented. His winnings were $50 and a carton of cigarettes. His story both angers and saddens me. Oh, that's from Karen. Yeah, the, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, in just a few here, we'll be joined by Tim Riley from the Ministry of Truth. We'll also do the... Um, of the top five, um, somebody has asked me this, and so I will now. And now, little man, I ask you, Sarah, from your birthday party. And so, oh, by the way, so your birthday is tomorrow. Yes. I know one of the presents you're getting tomorrow. I know there's a present arriving for you in the mail tomorrow, and I already know what it is. It's is not it for a, me. Is it an exciting present? 
Well, it depends on who you are. So, um, it's amusing for me, anyway. So, the uh, gift is arriving for you in the mail tomorrow. Um, I uh, do not have your gift certificate uh, ready yet. I'm going to give up trying to get you something interesting or good. Oh, well, yeah, I told gonna you. I'm going to give you the gift certificate. No, but I'm going to then... And then Aaron showed up with that great gift on Friday, so I'm not even going to try to compete with that. In fact, can I just give you some money? Can I just? Can That's I, what my parents are giving I me. Just give you. My <laughs> Mom's friends like, I'll give you cash. 50 bucks if you want. Uh, I'm just going to give you like 40 bucks because that's what I gave you last year for. I just gave it to you in the form of a plastic card. Um, oh, you can swing by there on the way home. Do you remember saying these things on oh, God. on Saturday night? Do you remember saying, "Scotty J is a cauldron of secrets"? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Dude, because Scotty didn't... Oh, see, now he ducked out of the room as soon as we said that. Because Scotty was, is a cauldron of secrets. Well, he was invited to come to your birthday party. Was he not? Wasn't he invited on Saturday? Yes, he was supposed to come. Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me... Good morning, Metolia. But uh, now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from a small hovel down the hall, our intrepid PA, the one and only Scotty J. Why, hello, Scotty. Well, good afternoon, brothers. Now, are you really greeting us, or is that actually a place? It's a place. I'm sorry, Tim's computer keeps making these noises in the background. And Tim has like a lot of cash. He doesn't have his headphones on, and so he's completely oblivious to it. Um, no, I, th- I thought it might be something on your shortcut or whatever. No. The, uh, so, uh, so Scotty, you were invited to Sarah's birthday party on Saturday, and yet you did not attend. Please do explain. Uh, no sitter. You have a wife. I know, well, she would have liked to have gone, right? Oh, I see. So it's a, so, so both of you can't go. Nobody gets to it's have fun. One of those. If, if one person isn't enjoying their evening, no one shall enjoy the evening. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So uh, Sarah noted that you were in fact a cauldron of secrets. Cauldron of secrets. What does that mean? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, how really, was I saying that? I don't know. It's because you called. Do you remember call, uh, calling Scotty's voicemail? Did you leave him a voicemail? There's a lot of F this and F yeah. that. Really? Uh-huh. All I know is that at one point you picked up the phone. You're like, I'm calling Scotty to find out why he's not here. So you call Scotty's cell phone. And, and then and, and it was one of those things where while you, and then as you were leaving him the message, you would stop occasionally and talk to us about him. <laughs> like you were on on the phone she with his voice. Like, hello, Scotty and Sarah. Scotty sucks. He's a cauldron of secrets. Anyway, Scotty, I was wondering why you're not here. Ask <laughs> him. He's dead to me. So yeah. goodbye, bitch. It did sound kind of like that's exactly what it was. All right. I feel bad because we wanted to go. We just flat out exhausted all. You should have brought the children along. I should have. That's right. You can just young. bring my present in tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, do you remember saying this on Saturday? Do you remember saying, Sarah, Pasha keeps spanking me. Pasha did keep spanking me. Okay, so there you go. So, fantastic. how was the place? So busy, exciting. Did I miss up? Filled with broken glass. Yeah. <laughs> no, broken was, glass and fireworks. It was a good time. All right, all right. Thank you, okay. Scotty J. All right, we'll do the uh, top five here in a while. Tim, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jim Rook will be joining us from Los Angeles. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, the winner of this year's Half Moon Bay Pumpkin Festival Way Off is Bad Star of Pleasant Hill, Oregon. His pumpkin set a record and tipped the scales at 1,524 pounds. Star won $6 for each pound. That equals $9,144. The top five pumpkins will remain on display throughout the weekend. A 53-year-old woman last seen picking mushrooms has been found safe. 
Why on earth would anyone decide to go picking mushrooms on Mount Hood? <laughs> in Wouldn't October. Be, why, why don't you just go to... Safeway. Yes, and buy some <laughs> mushrooms. They're just down the street. Of all the places to go pick mushrooms, a place where people lose their lives and get lost and are found frozen to death. Our, our very own Mount Doom, eater of souls. So uh, apparently she's in good condition. Her mushrooms remain uncounted. How old is she? How old is it? 53. 53, so she can't even blame senility. She, I mean, because that's the thing with the old people, right? Well, I didn't know I was getting out. And it's always some 90-year-old woman it drives her car into a ditch somewhere and then spends three weeks in a ravine living on slugs and rainwater. Uh, and then we find her later. She's 53. What is your... And I'm sure that she took all kinds of camping equipment and a, and a locator with her as well, a, a GPS. No, of course not. Well, no. She uh, walked into a heavily wooded area. <laughs> really? To go pick mushrooms. Of course. Of course. Of course she did. She's in good condition. You get the feeling that sometimes these are just sort of thwarted suicides. You know what I mean? Like somebody just wanted to walk into the woods and die, and it was ruined by some nosy sheriff finding her later. I'm not saying that's the case with this woman. I'm and just then saying. they took her mushrooms and ate them. All right. So much of the mushroom story. Uh, more terrible hot air balloon stories. It's becoming a national epidemic. A basket in a hot air balloon tipped over and... Knocked the woman out of the basket, and she fell to her death. Oh, this happened in Albuquerque. The balloon snagged a fiber optic line running above a power line during the annual balloon festival. The pilot threw down a tether to a pickup truck to the ground to reel the balloon down, but it was too late. The tether broke. The balloon flipped back, causing his gondola to tip over and the woman to fall to the ground. Instead of hot air balloons. So here's the latest Britney update. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this another chance to play the uh, Britney Watch it is. theme? Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your supplemental... Oh, damn it. I think I've... I think I've actually closed it. Wait, hold on. Here is your, uh, I say, killing for time as I try to uh, open the whole thing. Okay, here is your supplemental Britney watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. Can I just say this, by the way? That's all them doing that there. But the, as I was putting it together last night, I thought about working in some of the, uh, what's that guy's name? The guy who did the lead Britney a lot. I've already forgotten his name. Chris something or other? Ugh. Whatever. I just flushed him out of my head. It's funny how as a country, we all immediately knew who that guy was, but then the next day decided we didn't really care about anything he did ever again. Because he's, he's very obviously... He was no taze on day. No, he, and he's trying to position himself as the new Perez Hilton. That's his whole thing. Uh, you know, he's sort of like this bitchy guy who, who critiques stuff uh, sort of cheerfully while wearing... Like the world needs another one of those. Yeah. <laughs> another one of what, Tim? Uh, critical people. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley with your Britney watch. Brittany wants to be a bartender. <laughs> oh, really? Geez. Fantastic. Yes, the court ordered Silver Brittany Spears to apply for a new job as a bartender. Apparently, uh, sources inside the You're Viceroy... you this up. No, not sources. Well, maybe TMZ is. Sources inside the Viceroy Hotel in Santa Monica say Brittany checked in and at around 10.30 p.m. went downstairs and started talking to a bartender. Uh, Brittany told the bartender she uh, wanted to do what uh, she did, then asked you about obtaining an application for the night manager to work at the hotel's Cameo Bar. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, man. I mean, I'm not... I mean, I don't think anybody's under the illusion that Brittany really needs 
the job as a bartender, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, and you, you probably know more about this than most of us, Tim, because you so closely followed like that old Hollywood era at the days of Hedda Hopper. Yes. This is what one had, this is what, what am I trying to say? This is why one had people, right? People, this yeah. is why you had people around you. And one's people prevented these sorts of things from happening or from leaking into the press. But this was before the tubes of the Internet started I, getting stories about them. I guess. I mean, because you've got to figure that this sort of stuff happened back then. Uh, but you just didn't hear about it, which is why, unless it was something... Well, you sent somebody else to the dogs. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, and unless it was... A really extreme case, like your fatty Arbuckle or your what have you. I mean, that was sort of so big that you couldn't really contain the story. But you got to, I mean, you get to figure that Lana Turner probably did something like this at some point. She was probably half in the bag one night. Or, you know, Lauren Bacall got, you know, got kicked out of bed by Humphrey Bogart and went downtown and humped a bellboy or something. But you just didn't hear about it because everybody swooped in and they decided to, you know, Walter Winchell got paid off not to report on it. So it's not so much that Britney is... It's just the image. It's just you would think she would not be photographed or seen or reported on doing these things. And every day we have the story of how much lower can she possibly go. What else could she do at this point? I understand. PetSmart is looking for help. <laughs> the, let's run down the list. She has... Let's make a list right now. A Britney list? Hold on. Let's make a Britney list right now. That sounds fun. Of the... I suspect you're just putting up a front, Tim. No, I'm not. Are you now? Let me ask you this: Are you just are you sick of are you sick of Britney? Is that your thing? No, you know I was sick of her for a while, but now she's piqued my. She's uh, back and better than ever now. I, I she's back so. and crazier than ever before. Yeah. All right, let's make a list right now of embarrassing or crazy things Britney Spears has done. It's small to big. Doesn't have to be chronological. Vagina flashing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look at my vagina, y'all. Hold on. Vagina flashing. Hold on. Barefoot in a public restroom. When was that? You don't remember that? No. At a truck stop bathroom, she got out of her car and walked into um, the bathroom barefoot. Really? Used the bathroom and left. Where was this? I don't know. It was a few months back. If you just Google, like, Britney Spears barefoot, Barefoot, you can find it. Barefoot, rest stop use. God, rest stops. Let me, you know, that's Larry Craig territory. I was just going to say, and, I mean, does it stand out to you? Isn't it great when you stop at a rest stop and it's clean? Like, mm-hmm. occasionally, and Oregon is really good about this, actually. You'll stop at a rest station here in Oregon, and sometimes they're amazingly well-maintained. Yeah. And you walk in, and, re- I mean, you don't want to eat off the floor, obviously, but, but re- relatively speaking, they're, they're tidy, and you kind of go, ah, you know, and they don't have that horrible, fetid stank that a lot of times they uh, they do. And the other great thing in, in the Northwest, a lot of those rest stops, year-round, there's the, there's the stand that the, uh, the, that the churches run with the coffee. Oh, yeah. Great. The I've gr- never seen that anywhere else. No, it's a totally a Northwest thing. I knew people who, mo- who have moved here from California, and they were astounded yeah. at those rest stops where they have the free coffee and the cookies. And mm-hmm. I always give them like five bucks. I give them way more. I have taken, i got to tell you this, when I was younger, when I would travel around the Northwest, like if I was driving to a radio thing or driving to visit my mom or something, and it would be snowy, 15 feet of ice, gale force winds, pitch black, the sky was as sackcloth, the sea was as blood, and I would stop at the rest station, and there's the really like cheerful like Edie McClurg lady from the church, like, well, why didn't you have a cookie? And it's there, day or night, rain or sh- I mean, they were like the post office. Yeah. So, and I would always be so afraid that they wouldn't be there the next year, I would give like everything I had in my wallet. All right, okay, barefoot rest stop use. Go. Oh, do well head shaving. Head shaving. Paparazzi attacking. Attacks paparazzi with umbrella. Gr- gross taco eating. 
Yeah, like yeah. all of imbibing like all kinds of fast oh, food. Oh. Endless fast food shots. Endless fast food shots. Almost tripping and dropping her baby. Shots. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll your doorbell pushing. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Child neglect in car. Well, that that encompasses many, 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 cases. many things. Child yeah. neglect in car. Sleeping through child visit. Forty-eight hour Vegas marriage. Yes. Oh, I almost forgot about that. That's what I'm saying. This is like that day we did the guest list. The, well, I mean, and just like Kevin Fairline in general, like married backup dancer. Married talentless backup dancer. Married slash divorced. Did she divorce Jason Alexander? Was that a no? A no. A no. Married. So she's had it all. She's had a marriage. She's had a divorce. She's had a separation and an annulment. Mm-hmm. Married, divorced, backup dancer. Backup dancer. Um, I'll put alleged next to this one. Alleged sex tape. Because that guy allegedly has a sex tape of her in Hawaii. That also, the, that interview that she did with her fake uh, false eyelashes falling off. Oh, God, yeah. Where she's all crying and... Fake eyelash interview. Oh, man, you know what I watched last night while I was looking for audio? That home movie of her and Kevin where she's all stoned and talking about time yes. travel. I When is the last time you watched that? I forgot how bad that is. Mm-hmm. And and she's shoveling fast food to her mouth and just sounds... I mean, I know she's from the South and blah, 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 but she sounds so much a hick. I mean, un- she sounds like a parody of a bad Southern hick. All right, hick time, hick time travel video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got like 15 things already. Hick time travel video. Uh, VMA meltdown. VMA meltdown. VMA meltdown. All right, vagina flashing, barefoot rest stop use, head shaving, attacks paparazzi with umbrella, endless fast food uh, shots, child neglect, sleeping through baby visit, 48-hour Vegas marriage, married and divorced backup singer, alleged sex tape, fake eyelashes in interview, hick travel video, time travel video, VMA meltdown. Oh, Oh, she also had her lesbian sex romps. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Lesbian sex romp. But not enough. (laughs) Just never enough. Lesbian sex romps. All right. I mean, that's I, and that's and this right here is all in the space of like two years, less than two years. She lives life to its fullest. Really? I mean, she does suck out the marrow of every single day. There's no getting around that. I mean, it makes you wonder either a. What... Oh, when she fell asleep in the club. Oh, yeah. Fell asleep in. Club. I'm sorry. I fell... just keep coming back to me. Uh, well, and I will put also here um, multiple. Uh, multiple uh, pantyless outings. Because there's all those other photographs. We're walking around with like one of her butt cheeks showing. Uh, multiple pantless outings. Ugh. It makes you wonder... Wearing the same gross boots every day. If if these things happened early on when she still had people to cover them up, or if they just if they just happened immediately as soon as she no longer had handlers. It does make you wonder if these things were happening even when she was younger and we just didn't hear about them. Jesus, that is a pretty staggering list, actually. Oh, and at least one stint in rehab, right? So one, so rehab, 24 hours of rehab. 24 hours of rehab. All right. And new additions daily. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Fantastic. So that's, that's a big-ass list for just now. Excellent. All right. Okay, I'm sorry. So uh, so she was, apl- oh, I guess i got to put the new one on. Applying for job as bartender. Mm-hmm. Applying... The application is currently with Human Resources. 
They serve imported California wines, premium well drinks, and appetizers. The signature drinks include blood orange, key lime, and raspberry lemon drop martinis. You know, the, oh, and let's not forget, oh, yeah, and then the, the Justin Timberlake weird, uh, remember that whole I'm still a virgin thing? Until Timberlake went on Howard and mm-hmm. told how he stuck it to her. So, uh, Justin Timberlake virgin scandal. Boy, does that feel like, does that guy feel like he just dodged a bullet at the last, I mean, you talk about a guy who got in and out at exactly the right time. Yeah. Justin Timberlake, he has the most charmed life of anybody in the last 10 years in this country, I'll tell you. Justin Timberlake. All right. If that bar is smart, they will hire her immediately. They will hire her and they will have her start working tomorrow. They should have put her to work that night. Well, they need to check references. I suppose. All right, so there you go. Do we have? Let's a, go to TMZ. Have, have ask ask Harvey Levin. Uh, have we more Britney news? That's it for now. Okay, there you we'll go. Keep you updated as conditions change. Britney news as it happens, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for a Darwin watch. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Hey. Rolling, a, rolling right into it today. I have a feeling a thousand. Bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, Darwin watch for Monday. Dateline Berlin, as in Germany. <laughs> a thief has been charred beyond recognition <laughs> by a 10,000 volt electric shock when he tried to steal a live copper cable. That's wonderful. Police in the western city of Duisburg found the 32 year old man's blackened remains <laughs> by a set of cable cutters. His Cajun remains. And a pile of non live cables he'd already stolen. <laughs> Only because one of the hands survived incineration were they able to identify the man as German of Kazakh origin. His fingerprints were already logged on police files. <laughs> the force of the shock was so great that the hand was severed from the body. Police files are really handy. They are. And that is it. Our dog. I do love the phrase charred beyond recognition, by the way. And it's good to know. And he was undoubtedly stealing these things to sell them for meth. We all know that yeah. that's true. Fantastic. There's your Darwin watch for Monday. <laughs> Oh, by the way, here's two we missed. Shaving legs by pool after shaving head. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh, that was a bad one. Shaving legs in hotel swimming pool. Legs in hotel swimming pool. Wasn't that the, uh, the same day that she tried to get a room? But all she had was like three numbers from her credit card written down in a scrap of paper and couldn't remember the rest and they wouldn't give her a room. And finally we have this one. Rick, don't forget that magazine photo shoot where she was fondling herself and screaming at the ceiling while ruining her dress with chicken fat. (laughs) I forgot all about that. The ceiling, where she was screaming, the ceiling is falling. <laughs> but it doesn't really work unless you do it in that stupid hick accent of hers. And then she was yeah, rubbing chicken feather in dress and fondling her region. <laughs> so great. I forgot about that. Was that, that OK Magazine? 
I think so. Okay, magazine shoot. Yeah, excellent. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, this is Ryan. Didn't she also have a hit and run? Oh, that's right. She did have a hit and run. That was it that she just got nailed for finally last week. Well, how sad is this? That her life is actually so chaotic that a hit-and-run conviction just completely slips our minds because we're busy talking about her rubbing chicken fat on herself and screaming at the ceiling. So, all right, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, exactly how many bites at the apple do you suppose she gets before they just come and they throw a net over her and stick her in a hole somewhere? Hmm. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll break, and we'll come back with Jim Roop. Well, a new study says romantics are right. You can die of a broken heart. A study of 9,000 British civil servants found that people at odds with a spouse or a partner have a 34% higher chance of heart attack or chest pains than those who are on good terms with loved ones. The study, reported in a journal, said that when they removed other risk factors, such as smoking or being overweight, the chance of a heart attack was still 23% higher with those with bad relationships. Men who led the study... Uh, said that having positive people in your life is good for your health, and having negative people around you is not. Imagine that. Really? That's like, that's really brilliant that they came to that observation. That's like that idiot book, that secret book that Oprah's pushing, where they have this groundbreaking revelation that if you sit around and just dwell on all the crap that's happening badly in your life, you might be unhappy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon. What's up? Hey, well, it seems to me there's a Britney tape, and it's been a few years, where she was doing some sort of a costume change in the backstage of a, of a concert, and they left the, the mic on. I remember about, that, and she was like... talking I, about the retards. I remember that. I don't remember I that. Do I do remember that. that. I do remember it now, sir, and you're right. I completely forgot about it until just now. It was a backstage tape of Britney Spears between songs, Right. And she says, well, I just don't know how long I can effing, and it's full of the F word. She's like, I don't know how long I can just effing vamp here while I'm waiting for the effing costume change in the song. And she I did forgot so about the effing part, but I do remember she was talking about the retards. And she did start talking about retards. I do remember that. I just remember the phrase, I don't know how long I can effing vamp. And vamp right. is just sort of like ad lib while you're waiting for something to happen on stage. Now you got to find that. Okay, that's totally true. I can't oh, remember man, I'm that at all. To it. She is a crazy person. That was like that was like six years ago. All right, thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Vamping hello, retard table. Hello, Rick. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Well, for one, um, you won't leave Brittany alone. I mean, don't make me do a Chris Clocker on you. And why you got to say hick? Why get the bad thing? I'm I'm sorry. We won't leave what? We won't I don't leave understand. Brittany the, alone. Yes, I understand. Yes. And the other thing you say, hick, like it's a bad thing. That's the Quackamas Comedy Club, dude. That's a good word. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks so much. Hang up. Oh, she just seems like a whiny, horrible person. No, she, she is a horrible. You can tell in that video she's an awful person. Hi, yeah. you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, last time I really set the bar pretty low for me, so I've got to get That's back. okay. You're going to sound like a genius no matter what you say. Hold on. I forgot. Kissed Madonna. Kissing oh, yeah. Madonna. Kissing uh, Madonna in desperate attention whore move. All right, yes. Okay, go ahead, sir. Thanks, Rick. That's what I called. <laughs> oh, really? Is that true? Is that, is that true? My thunder you actually on. called to make the Madonna observation? I'm sorry. I feel like you an ass. You waited like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's pretend I didn't say it. Hi, we're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Uh, after the last caller, you really set the bar pretty low. I'm going to sound like a genius. Okay. Hey, do you remember that time when Britney kissed Madonna? You're a genius! <laughs> well done! God bless you, sir. I don't know where we'd be without you. Thank you. Good day. All right, bye now. 
right, let's take a break. Come back. Jim Roop around the corner. More from Tim Riley and the top five songs from the night that Sarah Dillon was conceived. It's yeah. 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this year's Social Distortion. Indeed. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Just a moment. Welcome. Um, she didn't hit K-Fed's car with a baseball bat. Is that true? I don't remember that. I think a long time ago she did. Uh, I don't know. It's like that thing of her riding 666 on her head and screaming, I'm the Antichrist. <laughs> I think that was not real. We found out that was not true. Uh, we'll get Jim Roop here in just a moment, then more from Tim Riley, plus today's top five. Top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hi, it's Karen. Hey, what's up? I just have an observation on Brittany. That yes. She started her life out wanting to be Annette Funicello, who was um, on the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, yes, I, I, I know. And then uh, went from that to wanting to be Madonna. Now apparently she wants to be Whitney Houston. And <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty maybe good. Maybe she'll end up being Marilyn Monroe and get killed by a politician. No, I think she uh, she's going to end up being, she is the next Anna Nicole Smith. This is the story arc that that's we've already true, seen unfolding possible. her. I mean, would you really honestly, would you be surprised if they found her just with like a bottle full of Perkin in one hand and a bunch of cake frosting in the other? I mean, really, come on. And maybe a little more chicken fat. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So it's, yeah, that's she's... That's Whitney Houston comes in for me. As soon as you were talking about the chicken fat, I'm thinking, God, isn't this, who's he talking about, Brittany or Whitney? The thing about uh, Brittany or Whitney, that ought to be a game show. Is it Brittany or is it Whitney? That's funny. Exactly. That's a great idea. You know, <laughs> hey, attention, hack morning shows. Uh, <laughs> they ought to do that right now. Like, they may do that. Is he dead or is he Canadian? Uh, this could be the next thing. Is it Brittany or Whitney? You will be the judge. D- Doug and Skippy, you can have that. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. All right. We'll give that to one of the hack DJs we know that's on the air. What are you smiling at, Sarah? Nothing. Is there something funny? Stop. Is there some sort of... Is there some sort of amusing... uh, Something I'm not privy to? Oh, I'm pretty sure you're privy to it. Terrible person. Let's welcome another the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles! A living God. Bow before him! Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. You're our own Nebuchadnezzar. Ah, very nice. Uh, you that, say Ebenezer? Yes. Eb, uh, no, I got nothing. I was going to try to make some sort of Nebuchadnezzar Ebenezer joke. <laughs> but there's really no joke to be made by saying Nebuchadnezzar Scrooge. No, there's not. Because then he's a big Englishman made out of gold in which, in front of which three Hebrews must kneel. So that's just nothing. Which would be an interesting twist on that story. Nothing, nothing funny there at all. Um, anyway, can you name, sir, uh, the three men who would not kneel to Nebuchadnezzar? No. Sarah? Catholic, can you knee, can you name for me now the three men who would not kneel before Nebuchadnezzar? No. And they were thrown into the fiery fiery furnace in which they were spared uh, from burning by God's angels. Oh, very nice. No, I still don't know. Really? No. I'm Catholic too. What does that have to do with it? Yeah, I'm, I don't even remember that. I'm really disappointed. I really, I'm not disappointed. I am surprised. I guess I'm not disappointed because 
whatever. I wasn't I, really so much into Catholicism as I was, you know, forced <laughs> that has to nothing be to do with Catholicism. I, I, I was into drinking. Well, what was it? What did it have to do with then? No, it's what in the Bible. In the Bible, okay. it's in the Bible. I no. It, 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 here's the only reason I seem kind of surprised. Oh, we're Catholics, man. We deal with the gospel. We don't deal with the Old Testament. Well, I was going to say we're Catholics in America, therefore we don't really have to pay attention to most of what they tell us. Just like the Pope, you know, the Pope don't use condoms. Yeah, whatever, Pope. You know, it, the it, it's funny. I was talking to this guy who works at our sister station KUFO, and he was, uh, you know, like myself, was raised a Catholic and then fell away from the church, as they say. But the freakish thing is, we do, you know, both of us have that thing where we can both recite the Apostles' Creed. Like word for word to this dude. Come here. He just walked by in the hallway. I swear to Christ. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show our good friend Fat Boy from our sister station Rock 101 KUFO. Hello, sir. Hi. Say hello to uh, there's, there's your headphones. headphones. Say hello to Jim Roop, who's our uh, CNN radio correspondent Howdy. in LA. Hello, Jim Roop. Howdy. I don't okay. believe we've ever talked. What were you? Uh, we, it, you just walked by. It's like yeah. I conjured you Beetlejuice style. <laughs> we were talking about uh, Catholicism and, mm -hmm. and how even after you leave the we church, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Creator of Jesus Christ, is the only Son of the Lord, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin yeah. Mary, suffered okay. under Pontius Pilate, Come on, yeah. I know all that. Seen Everybody knows. Seen. Who doesn't know that? That's how long has it been since you went Not to church? Not the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed. Is oh. that the Apostles? Okay, yeah. When okay. the Nicene Creed is the one we say in Mass every Sunday. What? Okay, so Fat Boy, when is the last time you went to church? A decade? Uh, over a decade, okay. yeah. But you were, the other day you were reciting me yeah. something. What was it? I, I think it was exactly what he was, uh, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth of all seasons unseen. Yeah. See? Begotten and from the Father, blood. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. It's like I can, I can do the act of contrition word for word, and I haven't done it. Well, you're saying the Nicene Creed. Uh, the Nicene Creed, well, okay. what is the difference between the two? What's... Well, the Nicene Creed is what's said at Mass every week. The Apostles' Creed is a long one they murder you with, and... Uh, in uh, school. Did, did you already answer the question? Like the act of contrition. The old act of contrition is really tough. The act, No, I can do that. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm hardly I'm sorry, sorry for having, having offended, offended thee. thee and I Let's detest, not do this. I please. detest all my <laughs> sins because of your just punishments, but most of all because they offend thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. And I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasions of sin. Amen. Oh, there you are, man. Brooklyn! Um... Did you have the answer to sort of to Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, I, I know exactly what three people refused okay. to kneel. It was uh, Zod, Ursa, and Non. Yeah! Geek in the house. All right, there you go. Thank you. Okay. All right, thank you. Fat boy from Rock 101 KFO. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm groovy. I'm sorry we got off into a whole weird catechismic thing there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, so you, I mean, you're covering this, uh, maybe a little bit of levity for your day, because you're covering uh, the fire season yeah, again. I mean, it's, but this is one of those things. Do you just pull out, I don't mean to make light of it, but I mean, do you just pull out last year's file on the fires? And no, if I was smart, I would do that. <laughs> just keep the same story. Just keep the same year. sound. Thing, you know, the only thing I have to worry about at that point is, is if the if if the PIOs change, you know? Right. Yeah. But um, but no, I don't. I, I no, I don't do that. All right. Excellent. So there's that. And then I read somewhere over the weekend. I don't know. Maybe those are not. I read somewhere now that they have said that what is it that OJ's trial is not going to be till 2008 sometime. It's like 2000. It's like July 2008. Do you well, hear, hear anything the, about that? On, on November in November, there's a preliminary hearing. Which supposedly, all, and this is all six defendants involved here, O.J. and the five other guys. They're going to have this preliminary hearing. They will answer to the charges. They will be formally charged, right. and the judge supposedly will set a hearing. Will, will set a trial date. And yeah, I could imagine because it's November that trial date won't begin until 2008. Right. But I don't know when. I mean, I'll find out on the 8th and 9th of November. It just, I can't. 
Now, I know that I'm really getting ahead of myself here, but I've got to tell you, in a very real way, O.J. is the sort of um, prosecutorial equivalent of next year's presidential election, where it's, it's a ways off. <laughs> That's a, that is great. You're absolutely right. Oh, no, it's a ways off, but it's going to be... I, I, it's like I talked to Lisa, uh, now she's on Lisa Desjardins about this. Whatever. And you said that, not me. I was respectful. <laughs> um, no, but I talk about next year's election where I can't let myself get too excited about it now. i got to pace myself. Because, when man, when the rubber meets the road, uh, you know, for the presidential election, it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, it's going to be brass knuckles. Do you think, really, by the time it gets there, it will Oh yeah. Oh, really? you're talking. About, oh, you mean the election? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I got to tell you, and again, leaving, I think all the blood and guts is going to happen in the nomination process. I don't. Well, on the Republican side, yes. And again, I say all of this as a guy who is in partisanship aside, simply looking at it as an independent observer. There's going to be a bloodbath on the GOP side to find the candidate to take on Hillary, who will be the Democratic nominee, with Obama probably as vice president. And I got to tell you. Uh, no matter who the the GOP picks, I mean you. I mean that really is like Stallone versus Drago. Do you know what I mean? It is. I almost break you. It is. That is going to be the most white hot, brutal, bare knuckled, knee capping presidential uh, contest in the history of this country. I will tell you right now. It's going to make 2004 and 2000 look like a look like a cakewalk. Which is interesting because if you really take a look at any potential candidate, there's not a whole lot of charismatic personalities out there. Uh, and, and, and everybody knows. I mean, everybody wants to get out of this war. I mean, I wish everybody, I wish all the soldiers could come home tonight, but they can't do that. Yeah. So everyone wants the war to end. But we need a charismatic leader that can help us through the transition. And, and I, nobody is charismatic. No, no and nobody's going to pull us out regardless. Even, I mean, even Hillary, they, they put her on the spot and they said, look, you're opposed to the war. Are you going to pull us out? And she said, well, not We have, not to, we have to be smart about it. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. I mean, every, you know, anybody with an IQ above room temperature understands that that yeah. you just can't say we're going home because i gotta tell we're gonna you, wind up like saigon again and here's the thing here's why this next year's election is just going to be a it's going to be a crucible and i'll tell you why my opinion because look we had two terms of clinton who was a very uh polarizing president and then we had two terms of bush who is even more polarizing than clinton which i didn't think was possible and so really what this is this election in which Hillary will be the Democratic nominee, this election is going to be the tie-breaking vote. It's going to be the once-and-for-all, winner-take-all referendum on, you know, on are we a Clinton people or a Bush people. Mm. I'm telling you, and again, this has nothing to do with my persuasion, my whatever. I'm telling you, I know how this country works. And everything, all the political issues, every scandal, every vote, every everything is going to be superheated into this quest for simple, pure vengeance. And that's all this next election is going to be. It's going to be a winner-take-all, once and for all, are we a people of Clinton or are we a people of Bush vote? Now, who, who do you think is going to be the GOP candidate? Um, Fred Thompson? God, you know, Giuliani? I, I Who's would, out there? I, I just don't know. I mean, Thompson seems to appeal to people because they don't know anything about him. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? pretty much it. He's sort of this blank onto which you can project whatever you want at the he moment. He's good on criminal law, whatever the hell that's, that was. No, that's, that's the thing. I liked him when he was fighting uh, Soviets and Hunt for Red October. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. I mean, maybe he's a great a great leader, but I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. So, I, um, you know, and then there's Giuliani who has the 9-11 thing, but he's like a divorced adulterer, and he's pro-gay you know, pro marriage and pro-choice. Uh, you know, pro and 
if that's going to, you know, Republicans are going to feel a little bit weird about that. I mean, the only the only good thing for Republicans is that no matter who the GOP nominee is, he's going to be running against a woman who they essentially believe to be Satan. So, I mean, it's anybody is going to look good compared uh, to Hillary if you're you know if you're in the GOP. Yeah, but I think we're, I think this country is now I'm not painting myself on any political corner here. But I just think this country needs sort of a uh, um, a party change in leadership for a little while. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that every now and again, people just get fed up with whatever they have, and they want they want the other thing on the shelf. You know, it's uh, you know, it's the it's the after a it's while a different philosophy in the in the in the captain's chair for a little bit. I think I think every now and again, we as a culture hit the reset. We did it in '94, and we booted out every Democrat on earth. And uh, you know, there's the so-called Republican Revolution. Every now and again, we just hit the eject button, and we want something new. Um, but well, it's like my old man always said, you know, throw the bum out, get a whole new set of bums, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, I'm sorry to eat up all your time with my stupid political nattering. Yeah, my time is your time, son. I, I work for you. Thank you. I appreciate that, no my problem. Friend. Oh, by the way, did you you may have heard this. Did you hear that Britney Spears applied for a job as a bartender? No, but that would fit. <laughs> that's that, that, Where'd you hear that? Now? And that's not even a joke. Uh, now, again, I do believe it comes from TMZ. Tim was reading it earlier. Apparently, I think it's according to TMZ. Um, that she was drinking at the bar at some hotel where she was staying, and then late at night she was sitting there talking to the bartender and said something along the lines of, I wish I had your job, and she asked him for a job application. So you may you might want to check up on that, but I'm pretty sure that she, she needs to be stopped. <laughs> she has to be taken down. Seriously. I, uh, I got to tell you, the, uh, just uh, uh, on Friday, we had this. There was a local band that came in on Friday. This band called Nickel Arcade, and we had made the joke uh, about ten days ago. I had made this joke that we advance so quickly as a culture that we really shouldn't even wait for Britney Spears to inevitably overdose. That we should just write a candle in the wind style song about her, like now. <laughs> just get it done. Get it written. That way, when she inevitably does, sort of, you know, the, the, put it in the obit file. Yeah, seriously, yeah. and just you know, just say like Britney. We, look, we can't wait any longer for the inevitable. We're just going to write the song now. So these these guys came in last Friday with this song called "I Hope There's Vodka in Heaven," which is just the best thing I've ever heard. And we've been playing it uh, on and again. I'll email it to you if you want to hear Please, it. Please, I would love to. It's fantastic. It's this kind of pop punk. Uh, you know, sort of a Blink-182, Sum 41 kind of a thing. But it's this great, great song that is written from the point of view that she's already dead. So we're already prepared. We're ready with the song whenever it happens. Oh. I'll, I'll drop it to you in the email. That'd be great. All right, my friend. Enjoy Southern California. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so you much. Go. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Roop. Roop. All right, I'm going to play us into break with this, Sarah. It's the... Um, are you playing the Britney song? Uh, no, I was going to play a little something else. Oh. Do you want me to play the Britney song? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, damn. I don't think I have it here. Do you have it? Um, uh, the CD's up in my office. All I have is the excerpt. I know, you could play it up there in MySpace. Are you going to do that? I'm already there. All right. I'll just, uh, in the meantime, I'll take this call about Superman 2. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I, I thought Zod, Earth, and Non were the three criminals from Superman 2. Yes, that is true. Okay, so. Little. Are you, Curious, yeah, a little bit of a joke. Yeah, but yeah. It's a gag. Okay, anyway. All right, All right bye now. Back after this, here's Nickel Arcade. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. This email says, uh, Rick, good job on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's times like this when you remember random particulars from the good book that I realize there is still good in you. It is too late for me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Jim Riley! And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It was one of the longest held secrets of the Cold War. The U.S. Army explored the potential of using radioactive poisons to assassinate important individuals, such as military or civilian leaders. I just sort of assumed they did that. Yeah, this is the first time they admitted it. Yeah, good for them. Uh, they began planning this in 1948. It was a well-hidden part of the military's pursuit of a new concept in warfare, using our radioactive materials, the friendly atom, to wipe out people we didn't like. It's unknown if it worked on anyone. Uh, meanwhile, a British man remains hospitalized and unresponsive in Edinburgh after being bitten by a mosquito while vacationing in New Hampshire and Rhode Island. He contacted a rare disease while spending time in New England. This disease is known as Eastern Equine Encephalitis, or Triple E. Usually the disease that you catch in New England is called snobbery. I believe so. And some people... <laughs> Who are those people, Tim? Some people just can't get rid of it. <laughs> that is true, isn't it? Despite how many shots they could get. Sorry. Although Portland kids remain dumb, Lake Oswego children <laughs> forge ahead. The Oregon education officials said their intelligence is holding steady as report cards were released what, today. What kind of a... I mean, really, honestly. The report also ranked which schools are meeting or not meeting guidelines. Uh, for Portland school officials, the report card showed an unusual and bumpy year. <laughs> an unusual, and their intelligence is holding steady. That's what you... Lake Oswego has mental requirements. Uh, students here scored an average of 130 points higher on SATs than their Oregon counterpart. What a terrible thing to say about a school. How are the kids' intelligence? Well, it's... They, they manage. <laughs> More than half Portland schools <laughs> stayed the same. That's 18 schools received lower overall grades. So, Tim, sometimes I just want to come over there and not hug you. <laughs> Please do not. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the Portland School District comment is, this is our goal. <laughs> by the end of elementary, middle, and high school, every student by name will meet or exceed academic statements and will be fully prepared to make productive late decisions. Fifteen percent fewer students injured themselves with basic school supplies this year. Mm hmm so that's oh, there's also less violence in Oregon schools. There are also 389 expulsions due to weapons reporting in 2006, <laughs> 2007, or about 430 last year. I'm so glad I don't go to school. The Lake Oswego figures for that are unavailable. Wonderful. And that's it for now. Uh, there's there's nothing further. That's it. Yeah, well, the extent of the news. There will be other things coming up, of course, in later reports this afternoon. Of do course. stay tuned, won't you? Now, uh, Sarah, do we have time to do the top five here? Or do we have to break? Do we have to do that tomorrow on your birthday? Why don't we do it tomorrow? All right. She'll uh, feel better about it. All right. Tim Riley, greatest man in the history of the world. That's not old. All right. When I was 27, you I... You don't know what old is. When you were 27, yes? I was still messing up my life. <laughs> what was I doing when I was 27? How? When was that? I was here when I was 27. Oh, that's kind of creepy. Was that 2000. 2000. Oh, that was the bad version. I was 27 the year before you came here. Sarah, when you came to work on the show, I was only 28. That's so weird. Oh, man. Oh, that's creepy. You're almost as old as I was when you met me. That's, well, that's confusing for the listeners. No, but I'm saying you met me when I was 28. Tomorrow you're going to be 27. You were almost the age that I was when we first met. Hey, that's bizarre. Can I see that? Do you want to make yourself feel really old? Yes, yes. Um, 
<laughs> more than anything. Uh, what were your what were your parents doing at 27? What were your mom and dad doing when they were 27? Um, my dad had graduated medical school. My mom was teaching because my mom didn't have me until she was 29 or 30. I think they're actually living in Portland. Really? At that point, yeah. Oh, that's just weird. Go back at, because they you can do that thing where you look at your uh, birth certificate and it lists the age of your parents and what they did. Is that true? I, I did. I don't. What is it? So it says like father bricklayer. Yeah. Or whatever. Like I don't think my, I don't think my birth certificate lists that. It lists my parents' ages, mm-hmm. uh, but I do not believe that it listed their professions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is kind of strange to go back and I've told this story before that when I when I look at my birth certificate, my father was 25, which means that by the time my dad was my age, I was 10. Which is just weird. Mm. I mean, it's just totally weird because I know how unbelievably irresponsible I am. So, anyway. Let's do one call here and they'll take a break. Uh, don't forget, Tim Riley returns at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through. Like us. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Hey, I just wanted to tell you a quick story. Yeah. Kind of a great and terrible, horrible, wonderful story. Okay. Uh, my sister was going to, what, junior high school? Uh-huh. And uh, it, this was up in Alaska, and uh, apparently an Eskimo, uh, a native uh, kind of vagabond, had fallen asleep. <laughs> Eskimo at, at native kind of vagabond, yes. Had fallen asleep on the side of the road, and uh, yeah, he had gotten covered up by uh, snow because he was intoxicated and fallen asleep. And the road grader came by in the morning, just in time for my sister to witness the crystallized uh uh, red red spray being sprayed into the back collector of it just as she was catching a bus to just there in time to see the Eskimo reduced to Folgers crystals. Yes, exactly. That and is a horrible she story. She even said she even said that she could see the red crystals glinting in the sunlight. Glinting. Uh, in your own defense, uh, you are described on the call screening software as being quote a guy with a horrible story, and you have yes. de- you have delivered, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'll play and I can hear multiple here. voices in his head while he was speaking. Uh, those are his alternate personas. <laughs> That's, uh, those are Charlotte's light and dark in the background. Uh, all right, we'll take a little break. I'll play us in. This is um, speaking biblically, the Beastie Boys and Shadrach on the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. We got like three minutes here? Yes, sir. Five in three minutes. I thought we were just going to do it tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no way. I have nothing with which to fill these final three minutes. Nothing. Zero. I'm sure we could find something to talk about. Not. Don't think I don't think, uh, don't think I don't see that evil glint in your eye when you say that. <laughs> It's just, everything's hilarious. Yes, it is, Sarah. It's like sometimes, you know, 
Life just hands you a gift. <laughs> well. Wrapped in shiny, beautiful paper and a or, bow. Or us. <sighs> okay. Uh, it's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to help us fill these remaining two and a half minutes with random nitwittery. Now, your random calls about nothing and everything take in for the next two and a half minutes. You don't call, I just have to hum to myself. It's 503-733-2970. Now, it's called You Help Us Fill the Remainder of the Program. In the uh, meantime, uh, let's see, Rick, my ex-wife's father's occupation was listed simply as cowboy. Uh, he was born in Texas, best state ever. How about this? Rick, did we read the story about the guy who was executed because because the computer system was down? I think, did you say that at the beginning of the show? I might have read it at the beginning of the program. You should read it again. Where the computer, I, let's see, uh, I think Seamus sent this to us. This is from, uh, it's from the register. And, of course, it takes a British newspaper to cover this American story. A Texas inmate was sent to his death after a computer glitch held up his appeal filing and a presiding judge refused to extend the deadline. That is Justice uh, Texas style, by the way. Earlier that day, the U.S. Supreme Court said it would consider a case from Kentucky, in which lawyers were arguing the lethal injection is unconstitutional. Um, judges were expecting to receive an appeal. That's so funny, the idea of, well, I was expecting his appeal any second now. I'm not really sure where it went. Triggered by the Supreme Court's ruling, um, several of her colleagues were in the office. Wait, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even be laughing at this. Were waiting in their offices for the appeal to come in, and yet it never came. <laughs> it turns oh. out like somebody had unplugged a computer. That really is just the most American way to die, by the way. Dead because of a computer glitch. All right, we've got a minute and a half. Are you going to pick up some of these callers? I suppose. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Help us kill time to the end of the program. Not a problem. Hey, it's Deacon, and I wanted to see I'm having uh, four teeth ripped out of my face tomorrow. Ew. Any suggestions? Why did you wait until the end of the program to tell us this? Because you just told me to call. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, which teeth, sir? Your wisdom teeth? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, sir, have you had that done? I've had my with Ed three and my four. Suggestions? Done. I never have. So suggestions? Oh, it hurts like a bitch. I just a lot of people didn't have a big problem with it, but my face bruised and swelled for like two months. Are they going to give you drugs after the fact? Dear Lord, I hope so. Don't get yeah. Make sure not to wake up in the middle of it because I did. I woke up to, <laughs> to them scraping the inside of my jaw. That that happened to me when they were uh, doing my knee surgery. I woke up and said, I can feel you doing this still. Oh, that's oh. And the uh, doctor said. Oh, really? Here, try this. Um, my my advice, yes, would be to verify before the surgery that they're going to give you adequate painkillers, because afterward you won't have the wherewithal to ask for them, and it won't occur to you until the throbbing sensation sits, uh, sits in about six hours later. Oh, boy, I can't wait. And be sure to call us when your mouth is all gummed up. Ooh, sure thing. Thank you, sir. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Help us kill time to the end of the show. Rick, um, last Thursday you were announcing the Glorious Bastard. Yes, sir. And you said, it's not Ed Keister. This is Ed Keister, actually, Ed asking Keister. why you gave me the head fake on that. Uh, because you were the glorious bastard two weeks ago. Oh, you were the glorious bastard two weeks ago, and uh, the thing is, I was just using a template, and I had used yours from last week, and I had just, uh, in other words, I used the same one every week, and I just replaced the name, uh, because it's the same copy that I read every week, and I had mistakenly printed out yours again. See, I was gone that week, and so I didn't know I was Glorious Bastard, and I thought it was just a head thing. Oh, no, no, you, yes, I, yes, I was singling you out to taunt you. Um, I thought it was because I came in and punked you on that top five list. Oh, like, you're ago. that, Ed. You should, have uh, received, you should have received an email about it. It never came. Okay, I will get on that, sir. You were the Glorious Bastard of the week two weeks ago. Right on. Well, All right. Cool, I guess. I'll look on it. Thank, I'll end on. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you. All right, there you go. No time to be fair to another caller. Thank you for helping us kill time at the end of this, the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Like us next. Donna Mike at 7. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, uh, Steve Kastenbaum, who oh, he did call us eventually, James Roop, and so forth. Uh, tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show, the other things will happen. Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, Scotty J, myself, uh, we thank you for listening. Don't let the bachelors run it down. Be safe. Watch it for snakes. Bye now.